Hey guys, 30 and Still Gaming here. I just wanted to, again, tell you about a little bit of preempt before this show started. Um, this is the last episode of 2016, and uh, Sarge was out of town, so I had Webski and uh, Sano to Rage, two friends of mine, also co-hosts of the Rage's Round Table on Monday nights. Um, this audio on my end, because we, we record on Skype, um, my audio is very hot for some reason. So again, when I speak in this episode, it's going to be a little louder than my co-hosts. I really apologize. I tried to get it as close as possible, but if I diminish mine any more, then you wouldn't be able to really hear them. So my apologies ahead of time. I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, this is episode, I believe, 68, uh, and that was the last episode of 2016. It's another great show. I really appreciate all the support you guys have been giving us, coming live on Twitch, listening to them on the podcast, and also coming onto YouTube. Thanks very much, and hope to have a great 2017 and give you guys a lot more episodes to come. Thanks. They're two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Generation X Gaming, the weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. Sarge McCluskey is not with me today, but if you notice, I have two new people on the show. We have my good friend, Say No to Rage, and our other co-host, my other good friend, Webski. Uh, so make sure you follow them both. Obviously, most of you are probably from Say No to Rage, so you're already following him. So hit up Webski. Uh, these are both my co-hosts from our other podcast that we do on the Rage's Roundtable on Say No to Rage's channel. So I appreciate everyone coming out and hanging out. Got a lot of good topics to talk about at the end of the year, end of the year show. And uh, let's just talk about the first thing here. I know everyone's going to comment uh, that comes into my channel. Yes, I'm missing facial hair. The beard game is gone. So the the beard game is weak with this one. So, all right. So, guys, welcome to the show. Appreciate you guys always coming back onto the show anytime you guys want to come on. So, welcome. Awesome. Yeah, the thanks beard for having game me, man. Is, uh... Love being here. The, the beard game is still strong with some, though. Yes, that's, yes. That's, you guys both have right. enough beard game for, for both of us. <laughs> I, I just trimmed mine. My mustache started to uh, touch my bottom lip instead of just my oh, top. Wow. Yes. And I yep. was like, I can't even eat a sandwich without <laughs> grossing myself out, so it's time to trim it. You, I can definitely tell you and McCluskey are brothers oh with my the gosh, beard right? gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It looks a lot more like McCluskey without it. You look he very really different. Uh, you look more distinguished from him. I, uh, I also look like I'm, I'm 20 years old. Right. Let's just be honest. Yeah. yeah. You're going to yeah, get carded. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely get carded wherever you <laughs> I go. Just, I'm going to get carded when I do uh, lottery tickets. Yeah. I actually, I haven't, I was telling Paul before the uh, the show started, I was like, I haven't seen my own face without facial hair in almost three years. So when I was like shaving my face, I was like, I was like, oh my God, I'm hideous. Like, it was just like, what is that underneath my, that beard? And I had my son do it. My two-year-old son uh, took the trimmers to my face because I wanted him to understand you know, like I'm still his dad. You know what I mean? I didn't want to like go in a room, shave my face and come out and then go, Hey son. And, and be like, Oh my God. And like freak out. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, it was, it was pretty interesting. He started laughing when he was doing it. All right. So 
we usually talk about what you guys have been playing. Obviously, we play a lots of Destiny. I don't know what Paul. Paul, you've been still playing uh, a lot, a lot of Destiny, actually. Oh, you go back to Destiny. Uh, yeah. Did you I've finish up? Playing. Did you finish up uh, the Walking Dead? Uh, no, not yet. I haven't finished the Walking Dead, but I actually switched over to Destiny because I wanted to complete uh, the Dawning event before January. Uh, what is it, second or third? Right, right. The book. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I so I completed the book, um, and now I've been. Uh, I just got I got so focused on completing that book. Now I'm completing the Rise of Iron book. So I'm doing um, the same. So I've, been, I've been doing that. Yeah, I, I like to. I hate it when like well, I don't hate it when they have events, but I'm I'm the type of person that like I I, I got to get it done. You know, like I got to try to do it because mm -hmm. once it's over, it's over. And right, you know, you don't get the emblem or you don't get the shader. And to me, that's a big deal. So um, I've been uh, really hard uh, finishing the book, but I had a lot of fun, you know, doing the Sparrow Racing League and stuff like that. So is that all you've been playing? You just been playing Destiny? Really, yeah, lately. It's just been, I've just been grinding Destiny to finish the book and do some other things, yeah. What did you, what did you like about this, uh, the dawning? Like, what have you liked about, the best part about it? Honestly, like, I, I thought it was just an interesting event. Like, the, the I loved, like, the armor piece. I was able to get a full armor set after dropping, you know, I don't know how much silver I paid for. I'd be embarrassed to find out, but... Um, I was able to get all that, and then I just really enjoyed the Sparrow Racing League this time around. I don't know what it is about it. I just really enjoy it, um, and I'm actually good at it. I think that's why. Um, usually, I can come in top three. Right. Um, and I love the new maps that they have. I, they're just really interesting, and I had a lot of fun playing them. Um, but for me, I think what made it so fun was I was really low light level. You know, go like before you know the event had started, but now I'm up in I'm up in the 390s now. So it's I just I grinded it out and I just got a bunch of gear and it was just fun leveling up and infusing and 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 doing all that. So um, I just had a lot of fun with it. Okay, uh, what do you what have you been up to, uh, Lono? Well, unfortunately, the games I was checking out, uh, in addition to Destiny, some of them have taken a back seat because survival in the division got its hooks in me. It's I told you very, it's good. Told you it's very good. addicting. Uh, it it goes from making you pretty salty to being very satisfying because you can't have some pretty rough uh, rough runs. And I finally dipped my toe into PvP on the PS4 with uh, 55. Right. And Liz Liz and I had an absolute blast. We're gonna have to do that on a, a regular basis. I'm hoping the PC that shows up tomorrow, I can get on there, get leveled up really fast again so I can start playing with some other people because I I enjoy it's so different. Like the PvE experience solo is very enjoyable. And in PvP, it felt more, I don't know, lighthearted when we were dying really quickly. Because right. we had probably three or four runs right away where just rushing the helicopter didn't go our way. And that's kind of like I it's never rushed. Like I never rushed the helicopter. Poker. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's kind of like going all in when right. you're playing poker. You keep all in, all in, all in, all in, and then eventually it pays off, and then you have like a really, really good leg up on everybody else because you can very early on, you know, head right. to different landmarks and things and start really getting ahead of everybody else. And so the and I was learning from her too, just the mentality of as soon as you see a landmark cleared, you you want to go there, or as soon as you clear a landmark, you better get out of there because right. people are going to show up. So the the intensity of PvP is really cool, but I enjoyed being with someone that knew what they were doing. I don't think I would enjoy the PvP aspect by myself. Maybe once I get a whole lot better, because today I didn't have any failures. I Both times I went in, I extracted, and it felt really good. I, I really enjoy it, and I'm having fun. I do have criticisms, though. I think... I think the slope of difficulty, even even now when I know what I'm doing and yep. I'm very confident going against a hunter, 
I still feel like the slope of difficulty is so sharp that you do end up kind of cheesing it. Um, I go to the same spot now every time to fight the hunter because it it gives me such a silly advantage, and he, his aggro kind of breaks, right? And it's easy to fight him. And I I don't know what to do to fix that. I, I don't know if if there's ways they could tone down some of the uh, the disruption. If they could tone down some of their abilities, their abilities seem to not have any sort of cooldown at all, and it makes for what I think can end up being very unsatisfying, sort of, you you work for an hour and a half, and it feels like sometimes you don't get outplayed, you get kind of cheated. And I don't think that that's the experience they want people to have. Because, I mean, I, I'm going in, and consistently I'm making it to, like, the last five or six people. Which means, you know, 80 to 90% of the people playing this game aren't even getting to the dark zone. They're not even getting a chance to extract right. and then the people that do it can feel kind of like a crapshoot and i don't know if you want the pyramid of success to be so narrow it's so that very narrow like it's very narrow i i don't the, my concern would be is that people would start to get really burnt out and then what the best version of the division would start to make people walk away again and i don't want that to happen because i do think this is the best version of the division it needs to go into the other parts yeah. of the world change it from tier five on the map to survival, to right. down a little bit. Yep. And I, I think that would bring so much life to this game uh, because there's there's something about the, the constant need to move right. and pace, the intensity. There is so much at risk that you're... You, you're it's exhilarating when you finally pull it off because I was tweeting with a guy about it. He said it was too difficult and you know the risk reward was too high and i'm like well one of the reasons that my heart's pounding out of my chest when i'm by myself against a hunter is because of all of that and if you take any of that away that intensity and that exhilaration is going to get neutered a little bit and so i'm not sure what the solution is because i don't i don't want to lose that but i also don't want the game to not get the traction that this new content deserves. So yeah. I, I really want to check out The Last Guardian and some other games, but man, oh man, survival is so freaking addicting. I can't stop playing it. So, I was playing a match last night with one of my mods, Comic uh, El Monte, and it, we were in there, I, w I think about an hour and 20 minutes, and we were doing, it was pretty, we were we spawned in on the, the east side, middle east side, right? So I don't really ever get to spawn in that section, so I didn't know where anything was, and we were running around, and we got our stuff, and we were doing pretty well. We got into the dark zone, and I didn't have any purple weapons yet. So we had to fight a little bit. I got my purple weapon. I got the M44. I made the gold one, right? So I was like, I was like, okay, great. I got a purple weapon. I don't even know. I think it was a G36, I think is what I had. And then I had the M44. And I had the extra clip, the extra, all the extra mods on there. I was ready to go. I was like, okay, I'm ready to fight these hunters. Because two shot. You hit a two shot, and they're dead. Right with the M44, we get up there. Someone hit the extraction. We run over there. Now we were in here for an hour and twenty minutes. We were, I was like, "This is it. We're gonna extract tonight. It's gonna be a good game." We get there and we literally are there for ten seconds. Ten mm -hmm. seconds. I shoot the hunter in the face. Health goes down like boom, halfway. Hit him again. He's got a fraction. I mean, a bee's dick of health left. Okay, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then instantly, boom, he uh, heals himself. Then I shoot him again, and it goes down to a, a bee's dick again, and then he he starts to run behind a truck, and I'm shooting him, heals again. And I'm like, I was like, come on, dude. And that was it. After that, three hunters, because there was two other guys there, okay? Three hunters all 
court on me, dead instantly. I drop down, I fall all the way down, use a med pack to heal myself. Then I go up to heal comic, okay? And then all they're doing is just spamming the friggin' mine, the, the, the mines, right? The, yep. The, mm -hmm. what is secret that? Mines. The secret mines, thank you. And I was just like, this is so stupid. And I went from having such a good time, okay? Mm -hmm to instantly hating everything right there. And I had to take a moment just to sit there and I went quiet and I was just like, I was like, oh, I'm so fucking pissed, man. Like we built this whole thing up and then all of a sudden it just like chops your arm off, right? There's like mm -hmm. no gradual, it's just boom. It's it's a, it's such a good like build up, right? And you're like, yes, yeah, mm -hmm. so I'm about to extract, I'm about to do this. And then all of a sudden it's just like, slah, lightsaber or your arm off. And you're like, okay, this is, I can't do anything. Like I mm -hmm. had three med packs within 10 seconds I used all three med packs and I couldn't I mm -hmm. couldn't do anything that irritated me and I hope like you just said like they have to nerf it somehow but if they nerf the hunter's healing ability let's just say or the seeker mines like then they would have to nerf the M44 they would have to nerf the guns that do so much damage to them which then would just start slowly ruining the game right so I guess there's mm -hmm. a there's a steep like curve there but at the same time you know maybe it is the best it's supposed to be but i don't know what the answer is right now but like if you nerf one thing it's just going to make this gradual slip of the game off right and then you're going to start mm -hmm. having problems like oh well they nerf this gun they unbalance this gun and then does that affect regular gameplay right a survival sort of like destiny is what they nerf in survival is it going to nerf in the single player game so it all depends on what what tends to happen there that's, I mean, that's kind of the problem, though, is that if everybody's use, I use the M44 too. I do the exact same thing. That's why I said you're kind of cheesing it. You're going to a weapon that seems to be far and away way stronger than everything right. else. Now, I actually took some hunters out today with a purple high rate of fire uh, marksman rifle, and it worked really well because with the extended clip on there, I was able to just keep hitting him, right. keep hitting him. I made him waste all his med packs because I think they can only do it three times. And it, I, that was actually a viable strategy. It wasn't even a gold <laughs> weapon. So I think there is some depth of strategy there that you can use. I think the biggest problem is that they shouldn't be able to heal while rolling right. or maybe even on the move and maybe give a cooldown to it. Because it's not like they're using a med pack and getting back a portion of their health. Right. They're using an ability that gives them all of their health back. Right. And so either make it a partial heal or put a significant cooldown on it. Because, again, my beef, because people are like, well, do you think it should just be easy and you should be able to extract every time? I said, no, no absolutely no. not. It should feel like a battle, yep. and it doesn't feel like a battle. It feels like I either cheese it and get a really nice perch to where he can't do anything. Or like when I was playing with 50, we went over to a place where they really couldn't properly aggro or even shoot at us, and we just picked them off with M44s. Well, that's what I was doing. And so I'm either cheesing it or feeling like I'm kind of getting cheese. Like the, I think the happy middle ground would be to slow down some of their ability to heal, maybe make the M4 not be so godlike, so it does feel more like a tug-of-war battle where you come out on top and feel awesome. Or if you get outplayed, you could at least... If I know when I've made a mistake, it's like I, I, I blame myself. I'm like, right. I shouldn't have done that. I should have done this instead. I should have went to that other side. There's been times where that's happened, and I immediately blame myself. But because the it's such a dichotomous result where I either cheese it or feel cheesed, that's where I believe the problem is. It doesn't it, – it feels satisfying to win, but even the few times I've won now, I'm kind of like – I'm not – I don't feel like I'm outplaying the content. Right. I feel like I'm, I'm out-cheesing it. Yeah, I, I've only extracted once uh... – 
brain in, in chat says it's so rewarding when you do get an extraction and i've only done it once and it felt so good like like I, I felt like this weight lifted off my shoulders and i i want to go back to the promised land but i can't i can't get there because i have a perfect run almost every single time i know what to get get in there super fast i can i can get to the extraction point and then it always comes down to if it's one-on-one -on -one and it's just me versus the one hunter i kill him but every time i kill my hunter i kill him so freaking fast Okay, that other people that are still left in the game come over to the, my extraction point, and then mm -hmm. I have to play. I have to fight multiple guys, and then I have to kill their hunter because if I don't take out their hunter, I the helicopter can't land. Well, mm -hmm. they're under leveled most of the time, right? So then mm -hmm. I have to start raising them up or letting them die, and then you know what I mean. So now it's like a, mm -hmm. it's so frustrating. Every I've done it like five times where I've gotten there and I'm like, oh, this is easy. I'm gonna get an extraction. And then all of a sudden it just flips like a switch and I, 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 I fail. I've only done it once. I've only done it once. Do you feel like you're getting there quickly? Do you have lots of time left on your on your, uh, on your your infection? Oh, yeah. I've, I've gotten there with like 16 minutes left. I've gotten there with like 12 minutes left. I've gotten there with 22 minutes left. Uh, I, I, I get mm. there fast. It's just I, I think now I have to play. I even waited till the last person. There was me and one other guy. Okay. I was like, there's only two of us. I was like, even if he shows up. I was like, we can do it. No, I, I, I failed. I died because of some, all of a sudden, um, before I even did the extraction, there was only two of us left. Uh, I turned a corner. There was only two guys on my on my pulse. And then all of a sudden, four or five other purple guys just came out of nowhere. And then I got, and I got wrecked. And I was just like, I was like, oh my God, this was, that was the opportunity. Like if, if I just mm -hmm. took those guys out and went to the extraction point, it would have been done. So there's just, there's just <laughs> moments like that. That's just so frustrating. Well, people scold me all the time. They're like, dude, just go to the dark zone. Just go to the dark zone. And I'm like, no, I'm playing the way I want. Right, play I want to go want. in and almost feel overleveled. And also, I get in there and I'm, I'm kind of panicked and rushing because of the sickness. I'd rather have that be what's sort of making me panic instead of feeling like I have no gear, no guns, and I'm in here and I'm right. freaking paper. No, I don't want to do that. The other advantage that gives me is... By the time I get there, there's only four or five people left. And right. usually they're in there dying, and then I'll go grab all their stuff. And yep. so I think some of the people that rush and get there really quickly might actually have shorter runs, but then you're they're going to run into what you're running into, which is multiple right. hunters, and then you get flanked or something silly. I, I've Multiple hunters tend to go well for me because the guys that show up, again, if there's only four to five of us left, they tend to be better players because they've lasted that long. Um, but you're, you're getting, you're getting bad luck. You're getting these guys that aren't helping you. Nope. No, they come there and almost, it, it almost feels like they're coming there to screw me. Like they, they <laughs> honest to God, it, I feel like they're going there to, to, to screw you. Like, and I'm just like, uh, cause you'll see them run in their hunters show up and then they're gone. They leave. Mm -hmm. Right. And well, goth was saying he does that. He gets enough div tech. He goes and calls it in uh, and he'll sometimes even go and call it in when there's other people there or whatever. And then he just leaves. And I think some people do that because it puts their hunter there, and then I think you can cheese it again. It's so difficult. People are cheesing it. So their hunter's there. They go and blast off somewhere else, and I don't think it puts a hunter there. For okay, them. I was going to say, so it doesn't put a hunter at the other location when you extract there? Not always, but I had some people in my chat saying if you do it right, if you time it right, you can actually sometimes your hunter just gets like stranded at another extraction, and then you get to one, and there's just no hunter. Because I've done it where I'm in the dark zone, I don't have enough gear yet, and I, if I see an extraction, I'll go there, let my hunter show up, and then I'll run away so those people die so I can grab their gear. 
right? Yeah, they, they're doing the same thing to you. Right. I did it once. Right. I did it once by accident. They were extracting in the middle of the road. I showed up, and all of a sudden there were three hunters, and I'm like, screw this, and I'm out of here. I left because I had just gotten there, and then whenever I went to extract, I went. I hopped on some other guy's extraction, and he had killed his hunter. And my hunter never showed up. He nice. never showed up. And so I think sometimes you can glitch Walk it on the helicopter because yeah. it thinks it thinks, well, yeah, your hunter's already been spawned and he's not he's he's either gone or that other that other extraction was failed or something. Now, ju just just in case that there's anybody in chat, like I, I still feel like I'm learning a lot about the division survival. I have not gotten my hands on it. I'm building a new PC and I'm waiting for my buddies to get it on PC just because I think about buying it for it PC. PC. Yeah. Yeah, I well, I pl well, I played it on console, uh, and I played it on PC, and I just it's oh, it's so good on PC. So that's what I'm I'm in the process of doing that. So I haven't gotten a chance to play it. But anybody in chat that doesn't know, is this like uh, when when you play survival? Is there other people that are thrown in the mix, just like the dark zone? So like, if you get to an extraction, do you have to fight off other other? I, I guess you call them real players as well. Or yeah. How, how does that? How yeah. Does that work so there's the two modes. There's PVE and there's PVP. Right. In PVE, mm -hmm. regardless if you get to the dark zone, you can't kill another player in PVE. It's just PV. It's just you versus the environment. Right. So yeah. all 24 people that are in the in the server are against just the NPCs. Now. You can, though, in PvE, if you find a person that's down, like they're down, you can go up to them and either raise them back up or you can just kill them. Oh, man. Right? Okay. So you can kill down players, but you can't shoot someone to kill them to get them down. Right? So in the dark zone, it's not. it doesn't all of a sudden turn into PvP in the PvE. It's just PvE all the way through extraction. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and okay. the game doesn't end when someone extracts. Like, if someone's already in the extraction and says, oh, someone's in the dark zone, you don't have to be like, oh, my God, I got to get there. Because they can extract, and that's their game. Their game's over. Right? And then you can go into the dark zone, and you can extract. Like, everyone in... If all 24 people really wanted to extract, they could extract. It's not... That'd be awesome if it was. If it was, like, one person can extract, then it, that would make it even more, like... like so salty like everyone would just start yeah, killing yeah. everyone but in pvp it, it it's really it's fun as hell it's not really salty it's really fun like there's some people that customize their guns really fast they'll get like an uzi or whatever they can make um and then they'll just run around trying to kill people other people try to go to the helicopter try to get guns other people know where gun stashes are so they'll constantly always go to the same spot by trying to avoid players um i suggest if you if, if you're not a big pvp player um Play PVE, learn the map, learn where things are, learn where all the, the you know, where the medics are, like most of the med packs are, or learn where the where the weapon uh, parts are, the, the electronic parts are. And then once you have that down, then try PVP, because PVP is so good. It is. It's so, it's such a different feeling when you're in the PVP mm -hmm. match. Like, your heart is constantly moving. Like, oh, it's yeah. just pounding in your chest, especially when you see another player and you're like, did he see me? Did he see me? And then while you're fighting that guy, all of a sudden NPCs come, and then people start to use the NPCs against you because they try to back you up into the NPCs while they're shooting you. So there's just a whole different type of uh, strategy going on in PvP. Now, what, what, real quickly, what distinguishes, like, if, if I'm, if I want to go into, so there's, so there's PvE survival and then there's PvP survival. Correct. Yes. yes. Yeah. So what what distinguishes the two? Do you go through like a different door and that like makes no. you go into a different one, or how does that work? You go to Game Finder and you pick either PVE okay, or PVP. Gotcha. It okay. try it tries to put twenty five people in the instance. Okay. So, you know it's a huge map, and yeah, I mean from the beginning <laughs> to the end of PVP, they can kill you. Right. And okay. So when I was playing was fifty. 
two of our runs that were moving in a good direction, there are players that are very passive ninjas. What they do is they wait. They're very mm -hmm. sneaky, and as soon as they hear a fight with NPCs, they make a slow approach, and they killed us. They shot us right in the back. And there's not much you can do when that happens, right. because when you're trying to take out some purples or some like a, a landmark, they'll uh, you'll, they'll make light work of you because you're not paying attention. And she went down, and I went down, and then they so then the you, thing, right then they'll you score your gear that round. Yeah, you're eliminated, you're and out. they grab yeah. all your gear, right? So if you were okay. going around getting tools and electronic parts and fabrics and everything, and then all of a sudden you get caught in a fight like they were. And then someone comes behind them and ganks them, right? Well, then they collect all your stuff, and they basically didn't have to scavenge at all. They just wait for people to do all the scavenging for them, and then they collect yeah. all the stuff. Gotcha. The best thing to do in PVE is is pay attention to when people die and immediately go to their corpse. There's no risk. You're not going to get shot. You're not yep. going to get killed, and then you're going to get everything they dropped. I mean, once I started doing that, my game pacing really started to increase because a guy in chat told me, like, you really need to look for – down players just yep. ignoring them and i was like oh i didn't even think about that today i had somebody he ran ahead of me ran right in front of a purple guy and that he the, the for whatever reason the purple <laughs> guy wrecked him and all i had was a pistol and the guy hurt him <laughs> just enough to where i killed the guy the purple guy and i just stood there and watched the guy die savage savage you're like like I'm gonna all let right, you bleed guy, out. I'm whenever, gonna let you. Whenever you're done dying, and then I took all of his stuff. <laughs> God, that's, now, Lona, that's you brutal. Getting it for PC as well, right? <laughs> oh, most definitely because okay. it, the, the frame rate is is doubled, so you get a 60 oh, frames per amazing. second. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I heard you can get about 45 on the PS4 Pro, but it, it wasn't significant enough. And then my hope is to play. I don't like playing with other players just to play. I like playing with another streamer because there's mm -hmm. something different about it. Where, where you know, there's a banter where you know, yep. Liz is a complete savage and she's very <laughs> freaking good at the game. Yep. Um, and there's some other people like K Magic and Goth and Probro and Sheriona. They all play on PC, and I'm like, I would love to play with them because it's there's something different about playing with another streamer because you, you can have sort of a, one person kind of takes charge and you're kind of joking around. It's really hard with other people. The ones, a couple times I play with other players, it's almost like aimless because I didn't know enough to take charge. As like, because Liz was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm kind of telling you what to do and where to go. I'm like, absolutely not. Tell me because you need, you need <laughs> right. that. You need right. that yeah, quick yeah. direction, especially in PVP. You're, you are constantly just on the run and looking over your shoulder. I loved, I've been watching her since she started playing it, and when she first started, she was just mapping out everything. She's like, okay, I found this, where is that on the map? And she would write it down, and she had like a notepad next to her, and she knew where all the stuff was, she knows where the police station is, she knows, and she's savage, she is, but that's the way you play, that's the that's the way you're supposed to play in PvP, you know what I mean? I, I thought it was funny when I watched uh, uh, Broman and Goth, I thought one of them was going to turn on each other. Like, when they were playing with each other, I was like... <laughs> One of them is going to turn just to do it, right? Because it would be entertaining. It would be entertaining to do. They they didn't. Maybe they did one I didn't watch, but the one I watched, the two times I watched, they they haven't done it. So, but there's always yeah. that there's always that moment that you're like, this is it. They're mm -hmm. they're going to do it. They're going to do it. You know what I mean? Well, my favorite moment was people got into the dark zone, and she's like, we got to go to the dark zone right now. And I was like, okay. It's like, well, I'm and I'm trying to understand strategy, right? I'm like, well, I was like, what's the strategy? Like, you want to get there? Is there a benefit to extracting before them? She's like, no, they have stuff, and I want their stuff. And I was like, <laughs> all right, like it's just ruthless. Just like, no, they are not getting out with their stuff. We are going to go kill them. And sure enough, we did. We found them and right. we stopped them. And it was so cool. You have to you have to assume that if someone's going to the dark zone that they already have a lot of good stuff on them, right? So that's why you want to go after them. That's, so that's, it's brutal. It's brutal. I watched her 
all of a sudden she she just got in the dark zone and she had to get uh the anti the the serum right hey son how's it going yeah my son my son just decided to to come in you want to say hi come here come here come here so she she was in the dark zone and all of a sudden she got her serum and then all of a sudden someone went to extract here stop stop screaming stop screaming here say hi say hi say hi say hi look at the camera and say hi yeah yeah okay all right there you go <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry about that guys uh so basically um she gets in the dark zone and all of a sudden someone shoots the the flare gun and she's like i only got three minutes she's like should i go get the anti-serum and then go to the thing or should i just go to the extraction zone she's like i have time and she runs up north grabs the serum and then runs down, and she has literally like 15 seconds left to get to the helicopter. While she gets up there, one guy, I guess they already took out the hunters, right? So one guy is sitting right behind the other guy and shoots and kills the other guy. And he's there picking up his stuff before he gets onto the helicopter. The helicopter literally just landed. So her hunter never showed up because the helicopter was already down. Okay, and while the dude was picking up the stuff to get other caches and stuff before he gets in the helicopter, she comes up and just shoots him in the back and gets in the helicopter. I was like, I was like, oh my god, that is so savage! Like she, could, all she had to do was just walk into the helicopter, and she would have. Mm -hmm. But she said, no, I'm gonna, no, <laughs> right, I'm gonna yeah, kill this guy murder, and then get in the helicopter. Kill, man, That's yeah, what she wants to it was, do. It's, it's good times. Plays. I love it. I suggest. Now, how does it, oh, go how ahead. Does go it ahead. work too? Well, I was I was just gonna say, how does it work too? Because I know you can play survival with others. Yeah. Um. So how does it work to where if I if I'm trying to go into a match with I don't know three of my friends or something, how do they balance it to where like one team isn't gonna be too overpowering against maybe someone it's, that goes in like by themselves or? It's supposed to instance you in with other people that are paired up. Because when I was playing with okay. her, we were commonly running into pairs of people. Mm -hmm. There were some people that you felt like, yeah, this guy shouldn't be in here. And just they stumbled upon us. And it was like you could tell they immediately panic because it's yeah. 2v1. You're not going to survive. Yeah. And they immediately try to run and it's over. I mean, we were killing them left and right. But it was they're supposed to try to do that. That's one of the reasons I'm not a big fan of solo queuing into PvP because I, I – you know, I don't want to get salty when I'm playing a video game, and that's something that makes me pretty salty. Is when I'm, I'm, I, I get, I went to the DZ once to try to do one of my daily things, and there were four rogue agents right at the front near this first place I went into, and they're just running around killing everybody, just running a lap. And I'm like, this is stupid. Like, what am I supposed to? Do? I'm one person. Right. And so I wouldn't want that to happen in survival either. So I know they try, but that's not it's not a perfect system. So 25 yeah. people right. may have some odds on right. one people in there. It does a pretty yeah, it, it does a pretty good job though cuz if you do if you do matchmaking and there's two of you in a group, it'll put you in a group with other two partnered people. It, it, I mean like it tries. Um it, it it's not perfect, but it does a pretty good job of it. And then obviously I like if we get four people, you go in together. And then you just separate because it is hard to find stuff when you're all together, mm -hmm. right? So if you all go in together, and we're going to do this on my stream, um, we're going to get four people, go into the, the survival, and then we're all going to separate. And then we'll meet each other in the dark zone. And it's sort of like a competition between us, right? Because it's PvE. We're going to see who can make it farther, right? And then once, if we all extract at the end, we'll see who gets the better gear based on just the points and stuff rewarded to the thing. So it's all RNG. Like, if, you're, if we all extract... And we all get, you know, who got the best gear. You know what I mean? So it'd just be like a friendly competition. But I think it'd be cool to do that, you know. And I, I think 
I think Division now what it does is is so much better for for streamers, for people that are watching streamers play this game because you can just be fine one second and then all of a sudden you're dead, right? So it's it's got an mm-hmm. excitement uh, where the regular game was just missing that. It was it was nice when, it, when the game first came out, but then it just got boring. It was like Run Simulator, you know, five thousand over here when you're running yeah. through New York. But now there's like a purpose because you're you're constantly have to pick up stuff. You constantly have to find things. You constantly have to survive and and move and and explore the the actual map that they created. Um, so it's it's really good. And if you don't have Division yet, uh, I suggest picking it up uh, and and getting it because it's fifteen dollars just for that DLC. And I think you can pick it up right now. Um, if I'm not mistaken, is it thirty dollars for like uh, for everything? <laughs> you, you got. I it. don't know what the I don't know what the pricing is on it right now. Yeah, I'm not sure. They might have some sort of deal. But for me, it's for me, it's interesting because, like, I I remember talking about this on uh, one of the podcasts we did. But survival was like that. That was a huge thing. Like when they promoted the game and they marketed it, like that. That was a huge thing that I thought the game was surrounded by. Like I thought that originally, like that's what the game was going to be. Like you had to you know, walk around town, pick up things so that you survive, make sure that your temperature is down, make sure that you're, you know, you have food, you have water, you have stuff, like, you have shelter. Like, I thought that that's originally kind right. of what the game was going to be like. So if they do, like, whatever he's talking about, if they do carry that over, uh, you know, to the to the normal game, like a more survival aspect, I think it would be a huge hit. I think people, because I think that's what a lot of people thought the yeah. game was going to be like, honestly. Yeah. You know, because I agree, like when I when I got it on console and I played it and I leveled up a little bit after a while, I just felt like I was just just running around. You know, I just felt like mm-hmm. I was just running around. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I didn't know what to do. I didn't I couldn't play with my friends at the time. Um, And it just it just seemed like it was just like a like a cover shooter. Like I just get into cover and I shoot and that's right. like all I really do. And I loot the occasional things that I walk by. But yeah, I mean, throwing that survival aspect in there, I mean. Even if you don't like survival games, I feel like you could still enjoy something like right. that. So I, I think I, I think what yeah, what Lono said uh, earlier was if they did a tier instead of tier five, then all of a sudden the tier survival, right? So maybe you're, you're level thirty already, you're already maxed out, and you can do just a survival mode, or literally just start the game over, right, and have the single player survival, and then work your way up from there. I mean, that to me would be phenomenal if they did that if they can do something like that that'd be amazing i'm looking forward to because they have one more the last stand which is supposed to be a pvp majority um dlc that comes out don't know how that's because now the hype is back up for the game right everyone loves survival it's 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 back up so they have to be careful when they release the last stand because if it's just driven pvp it might not you know what i mean it might die out just like the dz did um so this has got a nice balance going on right now so hopefully the last stand just doesn't just throw pvp at us and be like all right that's the last dlc we had for you you know what i mean so hopefully going forward uh in season two dlc uh they have some good ideas coming along all right let's move uh move along real fast in destiny um did anybody get the icebreaker yet nope nope i got it last night did you? I and I've only run it three times. So I ran it wow. once every week, right? So I did it last night, and right before I got it, before we even did the night file, I think I'm gonna get it tonight. It's like I have a good feeling I'm gonna get it. Icebreaker's always been good to me. I got it day two when it originally came out in a in a right. strike with Fogoth, and then I was like, you know what? I was like, it's only from this this one freaking bounty you get from Zavala, right? And I was just like, this is stupid. The RNG of RNG. It's like, come on. Uh, but I got it. 
and I was it was lacklustered. I was like, yay, I got it. Now what do I do? I didn't even open it. Don't even know what the 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 actual level of it was. I don't know if it dropped at 400. I think it actually that's I think it dropped at 370 if I'm not mistaken. But I didn't even look at it. Didn't reuse it. Not shooting it. I'm just like, okay, great. Like that's what I'm afraid of. That's going to happen with the rest of the content they bring out. Like. I speculate that they're going to do the Vault of Glass weapons and armor and stuff like that in April sometime, right? They're going to re-release the old raids with the updated gear that you can run with. So they're going to market the Fatebringer. And I just feel like, obviously, they're going to nerf the Fatebringer. It's not going to be Fatebringer year one. They're going to make some changes, and it's it's going to be lackluster. Um, I feel that they're they're just going to be like, oh, Fatebringer, and then you're going to get it, and you'll be like, oh, great. I got the fate bringer, like just just as a collector, not actually excited about the weapons. Like, what do you guys think? Do you are you guys are you guys looking forward to get to this icebreaker? Are you guys excited about other guns coming back into the to the rotation? Well, I mean, I'm 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 excited to get it, but it's just like you said, it's it's on a it's on a collector's standpoint because I feel like we talked about this on the on the Rages Roundtable podcast too. Like the exotics, they they need they need to be exotic. Like they they need to have. Like when you get an exotic and you, especially for primaries, like uh, what primary do you use now? That's an exotic. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's clever dragon. Zalo supercell is is all I use. Yeah. Yeah. The supercell is nice. And I remember when I, I used to use the bad juju all the time because I loved how it would raise up your super and stuff like that. So I just, they need to put more power into the exotics. They need to make them and rotate them into the game to where, they actually have meaning, you know, like they're, they're supposed to be a unique weapon. They're supposed to have that unique identity. Like back in the day, I remember when I was getting exotics, I was like, holy shit, I just got this gun. And then you would use it and you'd be like, oh my God, this thing is freaking amazing. Like you don't feel that way anymore. Right. I feel like the, all the guns, they kind of just, they're just all in the same pool now. They just all kind of feel the same. Right. I mean, of course the exotics, they have their looks, they have their you know, the unique abilities and stuff like that, but it's just not enough. You know, I just don't feel like it's enough uh, in, in the in the whole perk system that they have. So I would love to see them rotate and make exotics great again, I guess is the phrase we'll use. But that's just me. I mean, I miss when I would get a good exotic and I would use it like the, like the Zalo Supercell and it would just blow my mind. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm never going to put this gun down. But then then you would get things like the Clever Dragon now. You would get like the Hung Jury. You would get, you know, things like that. And it's just like, it's just like any other gun, you right. know? It's just, it's, there's just nothing really, you know, um, exciting about it anymore. It's just really just like you said, you, you, you get it and you're just like, okay, cool. I have it. Am I actually going to use it though? You know, like that's, that's the thing. So. Lona? I think that, I think the problem is, is that when you make an exotic really good, like the Sleeper or even the Galahorn, it becomes the go-to and the choice is kind of taken out of it. Right. And something that I talked about on the Destiny Community Podcast was that I really hope in the new Destiny what they start to think about is having weapons that are contextually based so you're switching according to maybe where you're going. So, for example, what if, you know, hockey weapons, because they're more militaristic, they look like sort of, you know, almost like Call of Duty guns, what if there were, you know, hockey weapons that you got when you went to Cabal planets that had perks on them and, you know, efficacy changes to, against the Cabal? Right. Well, then what you could do within that sort of that that specific meta is create really dope exotics that do dope things to the Cabal. What if there was an exotic shotgun that when you used against a Cabal shield, 
it electrified it and shocked him. You know, just things like that right. where the the purpose of the gun has a place instead of being like basically guns that nobody really uses or guns that are so powerful it's a no-brainer. Like you're going to use the sleeper <laughs> and the galahorn and the raid and then everything else you're just kind of like you'll pull out the juju if you're farming those super metals like why well, did I just went to a spot put on the juju and the obsidian mind and and just farm supers for the metals for the book. Right. Well that's you're not even really using the weapon. You're you're <laughs> you're manipulating the system to just get your supers faster to get it over and done with. It's not like the weapon is satisfying uh, a gameplay mechanic or something dynamic within the game to where you're like, wow, this weapon's really satisfying. And then, I mean, we get out the Telesto when there's Void Burn, uh, especially if there's Void Burn Specialist. That's the problem, I think, and th that's what they need to do. And that would make that would make legendaries have more depth and more dynamics, so you don't have everybody using an Imago loop or everybody's using, you know, a certain subset of weapons. And then that would make the factions have more purpose as well. Right. Like, oh wow, I, I need to, I need to I need to change my allegiance to the, these guys because they have this weapon. This, right. They have these yeah. weapons that are good against the hive, and I have this big long quest line in front of me that's hive based. Well, I'm gonna have to change my faction and get these weapons as I level up from them because it'll help me out. Armor too, resistance and different things like that. I mean, if you have enemies and planets that have their own you know, atmospheric changes and weapon changes and armor changes, then you're going to have this depth of gear and all this, all this dynamic vibrancy in the game instead of what we have now. Right. And what we have now is a good place to start. I think the perks are good. I think, I think primaries have really come a long way, but they, they really need to think about how to treat exotics because if you're not careful, you just end up with easy buttons that everybody uses. You don't want to make exotics so incredible that it overshadows the entire weapon meta. I mean, that happens in Borderlands too. You get to the end game and everybody's looking for a double penetrating unkept herald because it's an easy button. It's right. so good, so far and away better than any other weapon you can get. And when that happens, gameplay becomes static and boring mm -hmm. because everybody's using the same weapon and there's it's no... It's like putting a cheat code in. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like putting that, you start a game off and then you put the unlimited money cheat in or unlimited ammo and then the game's fun for a little bit, but then it gets really boring and stagnant because you're just you're just doing whatever you want. You're not actually playing the game anymore. I feel, I mean, I feel like the Vault of Glass kind of did it the best, right? The weapons in there and the armor in there, once you got it, helped you go through the raid more and people were using different weapons through that raid, where in other raids... Right, you already had your like go-to weapon. You're like, oh well, this weapon does a lot more damage to this than the actual raid weapon does. So it kind of like lost it. I I would think what during King's Fall, like I mean the um yeah yeah King's Fall and Wrath of the Machine weapons are are terrible. Right, terrible. They're terrible. So I mean, and then the the uh, the Crota raid wasn't the best raid. It was like more of like a strike. So. Vault of Glass, in my opinion, like still to me is is one of the best raids, but also because of just the gear that you got during there, like the Vision of Confluence helped you, you know, get the oh God. I forget what those things are called the the orbs in the in the in the sky. You know what I mean? Like um, the oracles. Oracles. Thank you. Uh, got those done quicker. You know what I mean? Like there was different weapons that did different things for that raid, so not everyone was running the same damn weapon. You know what I mean? Like the people that were on the oracles had the Vision of Confluences on, and one person was doing the shield, and they got through the the uh, the warp faster so it was just it was i think that's why in my head that that raid is so much better than the rest of them because it kind of was like self-sustaining where the more you did the raid 
the more chances you got to get that gear, the more chances you got to do that gear, you could do the raid better and help other people out. And it was just this nice little, uh, you know, circle of life that was happening in that raid where the other ones were like, okay, great. I got the rocket launcher. I'm going to use that as infusion font, you know, uh, for my other gun that I want to use. So I don't know. I hope going forward, I hope they do some sort of style where you get a gun. Exotics shouldn't be purchased. I think exotics should be dropped, obviously, to make it... Uh, gameplay longer right because if you're looking for the icebreaker it shouldn't just drop for you you should earn it like you did the the thorn bounty like to me the thorn bounty is still one of the best quest lines in the game to get that to get that gun back in the day because it was just you felt like you were going for something you know what i mean like doing all these different quest lines to get that gun and once you got that gun you were like okay great and then they nerfed it and then everyone was like now are you are you real quick are you okay i, I know you said the, you don't think the exotic should be bought like from zero you're talking about but are you are you okay with like things like three of coins like that no or? i don't think three of, i think personally i know people hate this but personally i don't think exotic should be three of coins shouldn't drop I think exotics should either be randomly found throughout the world, whatever. Like you're doing something, and all of a sudden this thing drops, and you find it, and that's the role that happens on it, right? Like it always happens the same role for everybody across the board uh, for the for the exotics that you find, okay? But I believe that you should be able to take the guns that you have, like you that that was yours from the very beginning, if it was white, blue, green, okay, and you upgrade them and keep upgrading them to a point. Right. And then purple. And then you're like, you know what? I want to use the devil, you know, let's I'll just use that as an example. I love that hand cannon. Right. I want to make that an exotic weapon. Right. So now when someone sees it, you know, they, they highlight it. It's gold. It says exotic It's the devil, you know, devil, you know, doesn't drop as an exotic weapon. Just the guns that we know that drop randomly or I maybe I can find an icebreaker um, that's a, a green or a purple. And then I make it into an exotic, but it has different perks than the exotic that it drops automatically. You know what I mean? So, like, I think exotics should be made, not all of a sudden just bought. Not everyone should find the the Galahorn. Uh, just, get, oh, Zerg's selling it in week 52. Here you go. Everyone purchases it now. Now it kind of, like, breaks that luster. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not excited that I got yeah. the, the icebreaker. I was excited when I got the icebreaker originally because we didn't know what the icebreaker was, and it was unlimited ammo. And it dropped for me randomly off of a purple... Uh, engram. I didn't buy it off anybody. I didn't find an exotic, sh uh, you know, engram. I found a purple engram, turned it in, and it turned into the the icebreaker. Mm -hmm. So that to me was cool, right? And if it if it happens like that, I think it's organic. And it and so that icebreaker. If anyone finds an icebreaker in the world, a, an exotic one, it has the same perks on it, no matter what. You can't change it. You can't re-roll right. it. You can't do anything. But if you find an icebreaker and it and you make it into an exotic, then you should be able to pick the perks that you want. But then that goes into a whole other realm of balancing issues with PvP and PvE and stuff like that. And I'm not going to go back into that, but we've talked about that in past past uh, broadcasts on podcasts, on this podcast, and also on the Rangers Roundtable. I mean, I've seen a lot of people say this. and I mean, somebody said it in chat, like, three of coins ruined exotics. And I guess the question I have then is, if three of coins didn't exist, how would the exotics that are currently available, how would they be any better? They're still not that great. Most of them nobody's using. And I guess you would have, as a player, like a lot of us play a lot. So let's say I thought that. I thought three of coins has ruined exotics. Right. Well, I play for nine or ten hours a day. So sure, it would extend the period of time that it would take for me to get them. But just like the icebreaker, right? Well, this is a perfect example to make my point. The icebreaker's drop rate is abysmal, abysmal. and the gun's yeah. not that good. 
So why in the frick would I spend every week running Nightfalls? I agree. Oh, the, the chase has been extended for me as a hardcore player, and I'll finally get it. It doesn't make it any more satisfying. It actually makes it more annoying. It works against what people, I guess, think is the aim of exotics. They're supposed to be super rare. Well, if you're going to make them super rare, you have to make them super awesome. And if you make them super rare and you make them super awesome, you now have an incentivization problem because you have 90% of the landscape of the players that will never, ever get the super awesome weapon. It doesn't. I, I don't think it's as simple as everybody tries to make it. It's like, well, they should just be super, super <laughs> rare and super, super awesome. And it's like, sure, that would satisfy the 5 or 10% of the community that can play like absolute and like madmen or streamers. But then the 90% of the community that plays at a more casual basis wouldn't be able to clock enough hours and enough farming routes to get the super awesome weapons and you'll have another Galahorn hurdle. Now, I've always said don't make the weapons subdued and crappy because people create weapon and gear hurdles. Don't do that. That's why I'm annoyed that the raid weapons are such trash. Don't do that. But don't make it impossible for people to get who can't play for 10 hours a day. That creates a massive problem because then people pay $60 for a game and they feel right. like the absolute best pieces of it are inaccessible to them, i.e. the raid. And so I think the solution to exotics, one solution would be have them drop pretty easily through farming and then have their perks – you have you have uh, perks that are automatically there, inherent perks, mm-hmm. and then you have a tree that's random, because a hardcore guy like me who grinded fifty plus st- skeleton keys to get a specific role in a right, mago, mago. Loop, yeah. I can do that and I'm satisfied. The guy who can't do that gets one and is satisfied. So you create a spectrum that allows the player base to land on the content and feel satisfied with whatever they get along the spectrum. I have a carrot to chase. He gets his carrot, and we're both happy. And I actually get probably a better version of the gun, which is which makes sense. I'm, I play more, and then I think that's the way to do it. I, any other way just doesn't work in my mind because you end up with really rare and really awesome, and then right. most of the people that play are really upset. But what I'm saying, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. But on top of that, when if you're a casual player, and let's say you only get to play, and I'm talking like casual, let, let's say you only get to play six hours a week, right? Like you only play one hour a day, six days a week, or maybe you play one day for six hours, whatever it is. You play six hours. That's like super casual. You could do strikes, and you could get that exotic, right? The one that drops, and I'm, I'm okay with that, right? As long as you don't get to purchase it at Zerg, and you don't get to do a three of coin type thing. It just drops. Like you, the, the drop rate's fine from the strike. Just like I got my icebreaker day two uh, back in the day um, from a purple. You know, it drops. As a casual player, you're ne- you know, as a casual player, you're like, hey, this person plays eighty hours a week. I only play six. There's no way I'm gonna get the the guns and everything this person has. No way. It doesn't matter how you know what I mean. So. For a person that's a casual gamer to look at someone that's going, oh, I really want that Mythic class, you can still get that Mythic class as long as they know that if they run this strike, there's a chance to get that gun. Or if I run this raid, I can get that gun. For the hardcore people, I think leveling your guns, right? Like you said, if a gun drops, it has the adherent perks on it, right? And maybe it does have the random perks, but for the casual, those guns are good for them, right? And the casual is never going to play 80 hours to take that devil you know and make it into an exotic, but the hardcore people would love to do that, right? Because if you find a gun that you really just love in the game, you would grind that gun 
and get it up to an exotic status. And then when someone looks at you and looks at your gear, because that's what it's all about right now, right? Everyone's looking at you going, oh, look at that, look at that build he's got or look at that style of, of armor he's got or what guns is he running. How cool would it be if you if you hovered over somebody and someone had a devil you know and all of a sudden you looked at it and you go, oh, what's the perks on that gun? And like you... And you want to get that gun, and you and now it gives you something that that person maybe put a hundred hours into that gun, because between kills and the materials they put into it, that to me is more end game stuff and the longevity of the game. You know, three years down the road, if I was still using the devil you know from year one, you're gonna be like, man, I want that gun. Well, you can't get that gun because now it's legendary because I made it into the gun that I want, and I think that's what the game's missing because casual gamers can still get the exotics and still feel like they're badass. Right. And then the hardcore people that put in all these hours can feel even more of a badass because they took the time and made their favorite gun and their favorite armor and made it into this like high end yeah. gear. You know, I I think that would work if if what you did to grind and level up the gun was more about things that were challenging and difficult and not about repeating a process to right. get a material. Right. That's mundane yep. and stupid and doesn't even feel legendary. It feels like, yeah, I just spent 10 hours getting spin metal and I can make my gun yep. better. It needs to be like a nightfall level solo. You have to do it by yourself to get some cool material right. to yeah. then take the gun up because then you are – you're you're scratching that itch of like I'm a hardcore player and I did this difficult thing but maybe it's the raid maybe right. when you run the raid you get materials to do what you're talking about so you create a proper hurdle everybody gets this dope gun but if you want to take it up to like dope status number 2 right you got to go run the raid and get these materials yep. to then use again my solution or your solution is so much better then I agree. I think purchasing exotics does feel I, silly. Yeah. I didn't mind three of coins because it still promoted farming. Farming is so much better than questline exotics are okay. Oh, I, I love the farming. farming. I love the I think farming. Farming is the way to yeah, do it. Yeah. I think the way people treated the Omnigol farm when it was the nightfall proves that this community will lean into a farm and just squeeze that farm until they get what they want. Right. And, and wherever they are along that spectrum, yes, I finally got a grasp. I'm done. Or if you're like myself and triple wreck, like do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Like, Oh, I didn't get the role I want. Do it, do it, do it. Like, right. And then we're all satisfied. We got, what we wanted out of the content i they need to tap into that right I, I, now, well, how I would agree. you guys how would you guys feel okay kind of combining everything that we've talked about because you do have to keep in mind the which sounds like an awesome game i'm looking forward yeah, to it really, i'm looking yeah. forward to it okay so <laughs> let, me, let me let me ask you let me got let me ask you this because i thought about this while you guys were talking and it, it seems it seems interesting uh, for destiny 2 whatever or just even for destiny just in general okay Take out now. I know this is a huge, huge portion of the game, but take out balancing. Okay, take out balancing. Don't just disregard it. Okay. Don't think about it for PVE and PvP. It's okay. Out. It's out. Just take it out. Let's just let's just assume that they would be great with it. Okay. How would you guys feel about not even just weapons but armor? How would you feel about like mixing what Lono said, going after an activity? Because no no one wants to no one wants to do something. That's just repetitive to get something. We know that. That's boring. It's and it, at that point, it really does just get annoying. So why not? Whether it be materials or whether it be certain items that you have to find, like you know, with the Kavostov, you have to go around and find the pages or wh whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Okay. What if they implemented some sort of crafting system? Okay, to where you could take your guns and you could level them up. You could apply perks to them that you want. Because let's face it, if a casual gets a gun that he likes. 
let him level it up. Like he already has it at that right. point, you know, like he has the gun. He doesn't have to, you know, go and search for the gun. Now he has the choice to, and that's great. You give the gamer that choice. Okay. But what about, what about a crafting system to where you can craft your guns, you can level them up depending upon materials or activities that you've done, because then it almost works like cosmetic items. Like we were talking about, right. like if you run the raid 500 times, you get to wear this flaming helmet or something but like if you if people see the guns and they see the guns that people have been working on and they know oh my god this guy did this to get this perk or he did this to, to level up this right. gun to this certain status now obviously balancing is a huge issue right we know right. that with pv and pvp but just giving the players like their own armor because like i was pissed off about the what is it the days of iron gear where you can open it up out of the box and the only thing that changes is like the intellect discipline but the perks don't change right. that armor looks sick it looks dope, but if it doesn't have the right roles that you want or that you use, like like I think the gauntlets only came with hand cannons. It's like I don't use hand cannons right now. Like that's pointless. Like make it. Why not have some sort of crafting system built into the game where you can tailor perks and you can tailor you know perks on weapons and, and armor to make it to what your play style is. I feel like that would be absolutely amazing if they could get the balancing down right for it. I've said I've said something along the lines of let's say. Let's say I got, um, I don't know, uh, the the boots of Arrow, right? Uh, of Ao, right? Yeah. And um, I got a I got a, a perk on there where I really like, okay. And I want to take that perk. I like the boots, but I love these other boots better. And the other boots that I have have a really shitty roll on them, like really shitty perks. So whatever I level up, okay. So you would have to use the materials. You would have to wear the boots or use the molds of light or whatever to level up. The, the experience bars on those things. Once you fill up those circles, right, you would have to, let's say, take one of those, and this is what I feel like should happen, where you, you would take one of those circles, but to do so, you're you're destroying the gear, but you're taking that perk off that, that gear, okay? And then you're using an astronomically high amount of materials, glimmer, whatever you have, okay, to implant that on the pairs of gear that you want you know what i'm saying so it now takes the place of that perk so now if people are hardcore people right you can just take what you want and kind of custom build your thing but it would take a long time it wouldn't just yeah. be like oh well it would be like t your full stash of twenty five thousand glimmer plus you know maybe a stack of uh, uh of materials for a certain thing Legendary mark right to like take that, yeah. that perk off that off that legend exotic item okay and then put it over to whatever whatever gear you want to. I think that would be cool. I mean, what's the what's the harm in that? As long as every if, if they make the farming, because then people would farm, play the game more. Then and they, they and they do that. They do that right. in other games. Right. They're, they're well, tran you, like transmog and stuff. But you got to be careful. I mean, ha you'd have to have. Well, uh, he said throw. He said have, throw the balancing out. He said throw the balancing well, out. So even yeah. within PVE, there's balancing issues with that. You have to you have to create perk trees that are restrictive. So you couldn't just with enough time turn every weapon. Into no, 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 no. No, I, I got you there. The... But Bungie could do. Let's say that there's you got your gun got or I'm sorry your armor got this one perk. And there's four other perks that it could it could happen on this on this roll. You know what I mean? But you didn't get those. But you have another piece of gear that already has that roll. So what would, they would technically do the balancing for you on the back end because no matter what perk you put in that spot, 
they they already preset certain perks for that category. You know what I'm saying? So you That's wouldn't. What I mean, You'd yeah, have to have tree, yeah. You tree would you wouldn't have a. Res- not, yeah, yeah. Like, well, every weapon, and right. every piece yeah. of I have godlike with right. enough time. No, no, no. They would have to. They would have to do it on their end uh, to keep it. Like, oh, there's five well, perks that could happen we here. Need gear, we need gear sets. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, gear sets affect yeah. the way you play. Like, if you spend just a moment looking at the the division gear sets, you can play. You know, you can play with LMGs and shotguns and get ammo back and health back, or you can play with. A submachine gun and a ballistic shield, and the ballistic shield has extra health, and you get stability. You get all these things because of, and it's going to make you play in a completely different way. Yes. Now, yes. the division has their own balancing problems because there's one, there's one, there's one gear gear set that's far and away better than all of the rest. But you can already sense why gear sets are so important because what you could do is then have a gear set that's really meant for. Uh, a, a, a night stalker to be very support driven and it's you know providing maybe health or uh, shield regen or whatever for the team while the more aggressive titan has on a gear set that's built around uh, extra armor and you know close melee damage and things like that and because that then puts you into the equation right oh i want to play this way i'm going to chase this gear set and then i'm going to go play that way right now what you have is i'm going to play the raid Get my sleeper, shotgun, and mago, and here I go. The, the the weapons and the loadouts are tied to the activity, and they're not tied to the player. Right. And I think that's where that's where the gear sets in Division are so sweet. They're not tied to the activity. They're tied to me and how I want to play. Right. And it, all things being equal, if they didn't have that one gear set that was so godlike, I was really starting to sense like there's some really unique and fun ways to play the division right now, and mm-hmm. that's going to be dictated by the player, not the activity. Right. I, I I hope I hope Bungie looks. I mean, not that Division is a better game. And I'm not comparing Division to Destiny, but I like what Division's turned into as far as it's it's like Diablo now, but a shooter, right? So it's a looter it's a looter shooter, um, where basically the gear sets and the way you run around the world and how you can farm certain things i i hope bungie looks at that and even world of warcraft type stuff where destiny 2 comes out and you can farm certain people like we're sort of getting that now in destiny right like run the strike get the keys then run that strike and you can get this drop now it's still rng because there's like three or four items in there that drop from that chest so you're still trying to get that that gear so it's not official like i'm i'm farming and every time i farm i get the imago loop it's i might get the imago loop i might get a helmet i might get a, a cloak or whatever so but i do i do like the way the division's going and hopefully bungie looks at that and says you know what we need to make some changes because the way the resurgence is for for division i think obviously when destiny 2 comes out we're going to have a huge influx of, of players that come in but hopefully, oh, yeah. hopefully, it's not the same type of game that we are playing right now, and they've actually make a, a crap ton of improvements on that. Uh, I want to get your guys' opinion. Okay, it's like, so what are you expecting? What are you expecting for the rest of this lifespan for this Destiny? Okay, it's a two-part question. What are you What are you expecting from the rest of this lifespan for Destiny? And then what it what are you looking forward to moving forward in Destiny 2, right? Just just so all of 2017, right? Like, what are you looking for up until September? Supposedly, September, you know, Destiny 2 comes out. And then when Destiny 2 comes out from September to December, what are you looking for, you know? Uh, Lona, why don't you go first? Uh, I said this a couple of times. I think that in February, we're going to get some type of 
we won't get crimson doubles again. We'll get something like it though, along with the weapon balancing patch because it'll be PVP oriented. And then we'll get something in April, probably with the old raids. And then that's it. All they got to do is get us to the summer. If mm -hmm. they can get us to the summer, uh, which I think that will get us to the summer, they can, between April and the summer, do a couple leaks and accidental things through Kotaku, Reddit, whatever, all those fake leaks, quote unquote, right? Leaks, leaks. Yeah. right? And then the summer hits and they will do their own thing through their Twitch studio. Uh, to get us all hyped and to set the tone. They like to do that. They set the tone and the message before they sit down and do interviews at E3. Very, very smart. Very, very uh, brilliant with respect to marketing. Don't let the interviewers in E3 set the tone. They set the tone. It's a good way of doing it. And then they'll be at E3. They're going to get us all hyped up. We might get an alpha and a beta, and then that's it. We're on the train to Destiny 2 at that point. All we have to do is get to the summer. Everybody's like, it's going to be so dry. What are we going to do? Like, no, uh-uh. You are literally going to get to the summer, and all they need is a silly teaser. Right. It could be a cinematic, like, scene with, like, really good narration, and then all of a sudden the queen's standing there, and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. Right. Like, that'll be it. Right. We're, we're in at that point. Like, yeah. nobody's going to care about this iteration of destiny and that'll be it we'll be in and we'll be on our way so i if, we, if if that's if that's the amount of content we get which is pretty small i'm okay with that i really am i what what honestly can they offer and do that's worthwhile right now that's worth developmental time the way we burn through content i mean it just isn't worth it and right. you know the only thing that really needs to happen i do think a really smart weapon balancing patch needs to happen because the PvP crew crowd and this PvP streamers, it's it's not in a good place right now. It really isn't, and I stay out of it. I don't even like it because I, I you know, I see the sweats guys on Twitter, and everybody's bitter and unhappy, and it's bad. I mean, I really appreciated Wish You Luck saying, if you don't like how it is right now, then go play something else because they said they're working on this, and we just have to wait. Right. There's no point in continuing to play and beat your head against the wall in a frustrating meta. The weapon meta is so frustrating. It's why I stopped playing Trials. I was like, this is – what's the point of this? This is, this is in my opinion – this is Bush League. This is not good PvP. Right. Okay. You play something like Titanfall 2, and then you go play Destiny's PvP, and it's like, gee, right. like, why? <laughs> yeah. And so I appreciated him saying that. I, I think that – but I do think that's why a patch is so necessary, to give us some confidence in their ability to give us a decent PvP landscape for the future. Because if they don't do that, January all the way to the summer is just going to be more of this just disenfranchised frustration of the PvP side, which is the smallest side of the community. Right. Sorry, you guys yeah. represent less of the community than you know the other seventy to eighty percent of the community that just sticks to PVE. So I, I got news for him. I don't think, I don't think the guys that love PvP and the guys that love sweats and the guys that love trials, I don't think they're going to be too satisfied with Destiny Two. I really don't. I think that side of the game is going to be light, and I think they're going to feel like they're they're sort of being. Do you left. think Do you think it's going to be light in the beginning, and then a couple months down the road, it'll it'll start picking up again, or do you think it'll just in general it'll be light? I think it'll in general it'll be light, and maybe even continue to just fade away. Because I I think that if you you look at the job description postings and things that have been leaked recently, and what they're sort of planning about how they release content. It 
feels like the game we originally were hoping to get, which is an MMORPG with regular content deliverables. And I don't think that a PvP... I don't think it fits. It never has fit. And it's one of the biggest... Think about it as a developer. It's the biggest cause of grief, problems, complaint, frustrations. It limits what they can do with the main portion of the game. Right. And why continue to drag that piece of the game along, kicking and screaming... And no offense to the guys that play it, but, like, that's what it feels like. It feels like we've just been dragging this, like, ball of complaint and whininess along with the game when what does it add? What does it add to Destiny? All it adds is the ease of content. It's really easy. Iron Banner Trials, uh, you know, any anytime they do any kind of event like that, it's super easy to crank that out because you're not creating anything. You're just modifying the game mode and putting gear in there, gear drops. That's it. And that's one of the reasons I think it's been in there because it was really easy to add stuff to. As soon as we're out of that element and we're in a new game that they're sort of wanting to constantly deliver content to... Mm. There's no need to have PvP in there. I, and I, I, people aren't going to like hearing that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll still be in there. But I, I really don't think so. I, and somebody in chat saying PvP is the main draw it's these not. days. Anytime people have run the numbers <laughs> on the engaged so, community, PvP is right. poultry. It's always been poultry. It's just what you see on Twitch. Right. So that, that's I was just going to say. The people that think that PvP is a, a bigger thing, let's just say, let's just say all of Gathalian's followers are straight up destiny the whole destiny community knows who gathalion is right so if they all 650,000 or close to it uh, watch gathalion that is a minute fraction of the people that actually play destiny okay there's literally millions of people that bought the game and not everyone is on twitch and people that play pvp on twitch is a very small percentage of the small percentage of people you know that are watching twitch so for people to say like, oh well, I play PvP and it's always it's always booming. You're a very small percentage. Majority of the people play PVE. Bungie mm -hmm. said it in a uh, last year, um, and it hasn't changed uh, to get better on PvP side. It's just not a PvP driven game. There's other games out there, you know, that are meant for PvP. So. No, oh, there's no salt. Yeah, there's no salt yeah. because you're a PvP player going. Wow, no, it's the most power. It's the most demanding thing. It's not. It's not. PvP I mean, is. It, it, if you're asking for stats in the chat, I'll give you some stats. At the GDC 2015, Bungie showed a pie chart, and it showed it represented what the community did every week when they played uh, Destiny. And back then, the pie chart represented 15% of it was Vault of Glass, and 15% of it was PvP, okay? You have to consider how difficult it was for people to even get into the Vault of Glass to play it. No matchmaking. Right. You had to have a full team of six, and a lot of people would get in there and quit, okay? So, the whole gamut of the community engaged with Vault of Glass as much as they engaged with the PvP. PvP. And this, right. is the, this is at the height of of the game. Let's do let's do math. Let's got. do math. 15% and 15% is 30%. Where's the rest yeah. of the where's the rest of the percentage there, right? That's It was all in PvE. That's PvE. It was all in PvE. And look, the stats I'm giving and the stats I'm quoting are people that have been to Bungie and saw the engaged player base percentages and it's always super heavily weighted in PvE. And the reason being is if you go back and you're honest, I know, you know, you're saying Bungie equals Halo equals multiplayer. Go back and watch the original vid docs and 
and all the promotional things. Mm -hmm. It was all about this being an MMORPG, and it says, oh, yep. it's year three. You're talking year one. It's even worse in year three. Yep. It's even worse. The, the, engage, the player engagement levels for Trials of Osiris have dropped and plummeted dramatically this entire year. PvP engagement continues to plummet. Why do you think, why do you think, after all this time, they finally tried to nerf connect skill-based matchmaking. Do you yep. want to know why? The player base has shrunk so, so much, much that it doesn't even work. There's not enough people playing for the algorithms to properly work. That is why they finally took it out. And that's why it slowly became more and more of a problem. Right. Because there's nobody's playing. And you, yeah. that's fine. Cheers, you don't agree? That's fine. These are stats from Bungie you don't, themselves. You don't, you don't, you don't have to agree. The number of players playing. It's not about agreeing. These are facts. Right. You don't have to agree. It's okay. This is. It's supposed to be a discussion. We're having a podcast to have a discussion. And if you don't agree with us, that's fine. That's, that's your opinion, and these are our facts. So there, there you go. Um, going, going forward into Destiny 2, Lona, what do you think? What are you, what are you hoping for in Destiny 2 when we see it, hopefully, in September? Like... What do you need for Destiny 2 to have? I, I think Destiny 2, at a ground level, everybody says this, so get it out of the way, right? Dedicated servers and 60 frames per second. We need that. I think dedicated servers will answer a lot of the problems that we have in, you know, the Oryx fight got really, really glitchy, uh, and the, you know, even some of the things in Wrath of the Machine... Um, I, I think that's ground level. I think beyond that, we need the, the regular deliverables... And I believe we need um, much larger areas that make it feel open world. It can still be a little right. bit on rails, but I, I think it needs to feel a lot more open world so that questing and going out and doing things feels far more epic and a, a whole lot less, uh, you know, uh, almost compartmentalized. That, that I think that's the word I want to use. It feels very small, even though everything looks very big. It needs to feel big. Uh, and I think dedicated servers is a way to do that, and frame rate. Obviously, I think graphics are going to blow us away because we're still playing an old gen game. Right. So, uh, what about you? Uh, what are you looking forward to, Webski, or for the remainder of Destiny One, and then going into Destiny Two? So I'll be I'll be short with the remainder of Destiny One because I I just don't think it's going to be a lot. Um, I think I think hopefully we'll get the April update. Uh, hopefully, I would love for Sparrow Racing League to come back at some point. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's just going to be the mix of Iron Banner uh, and and uh, and trials. They probably will do something with the weapons as well. Um, but my my main concern now is Destiny Two. Um, I I hope that they're spending all the time on that. I really wouldn't mind if they didn't spend as much time on Destiny One because I've got other games to play. Um, I'm not really worried about it. I want Destiny Two to be the game that you know that everybody wanted in the first place. So that's that's where my thoughts are. Um, what I would like to see for Destiny 2, I agree with the 60 frames per second, especially for PC players. Um, I agree with the dedicated servers. Um, and I completely agree with the, the latter part of what Lono said about them having regular content drops for PvE players. Because right. I, I love the PvE in this game. There, there's nothing that satisfies me more. Um, like I said, you guys know, I only play Crucible uh, when it's Iron Banner. That's it. I don't... Never do I go like, and I'm a huge Bungie fan. I really am. I came from Halo, so you know I'm a multiplayer player. So that just goes to show you, you know, I love the PVE in the game. Um, I never go into just a normal Crucible match. Maybe if I need some legendary marks, but that is it. And um, so I would love to have 
the the weekly or wh whatever they said, you know, they came out with, uh, I think Activision came out with that post about the, you know, the regular uh, content drops that they were going to be smarter about it, that they had, um, you know, done their, done their research and whatever to keep people happy. I hope that that's what's going to happen. Um, so other than that, um, what I would, and this is an interesting one for me. I don't know if you guys will agree or people in chat will agree, but this is just my personal opinion. But another thing that I would like to see and something that I, I think needs to happen, even though the majority might not want it to happen, mm -hmm. is I think that they need to do a complete character wipe. I think that they need to start Destiny 2 fresh from the ground up. They're going to be on, they're going to be on new, they're going to be on probably new platforms. They're going to be on new new graphics, new engine, new whatever they have. I think they just need to say, look, this this is, it's it's Destiny 2, but it's its own game. And I think that they need to have, uh, I think they have, they need to have more in-depth class systems. And I think they need to have more classes. Three classes isn't enough. I think that we are, gaming is going towards a place. And I think Overwatch nailed it perfectly. But gaming is going towards a place where they want to feel empowered playing a certain class, playing a certain hero, right. something that they can connect with. So when I play Overwatch, I always say I always play support. I'm Mercy. I want to heal people. That's my role. That's what I'm good at. I want to do that. Okay. Then you got people that are DPS. They want to play soldier. They just want to run around and kill shit. It works. Th that that's what works. When you play as a Titan and a Warlock and a Hunter, yes, you have a role, but it's not like it's not the identity that the game needs. There needs to be more. There needs to be a healing class. There needs to be more support classes. There needs to be just more classes in general. Especially, like I said, if you're bringing this game to PC and it's going to be on that platform, right. you've got to have more. You can't just have three. It's not going to work. Right. It's just not. You've got to have an expansive game. Uh, the skill tree has to be more. So when you go into your subclasses, there's got to be more options, more, more uh, builds, more whatever. And... I like how they did the subclasses within each class. I like that idea. Right. I do. You can switch it up. There's different things that you need for different parts of the game, like the raid and and just normal PVE. Um, but I I also I, I want to see bigger fire teams when you're just going around and cruising around and just uh, at playing. I want to see the difficulty of the game scale depending on whether you have four, five, six people in your fire team. Um, I want to see you know, just going around and, and, and exploring the, the place more, like with the patrols, the whatever. It just feels so mundane. It just yeah. feels like you're just you're you're just going through the motions. That's what it feels like. It doesn't really feel like a purpose. Um and that's that's what I want. I want more of a purpose. I want to feel like when I'm raising my character up that there's a reason for it. And I just don't I don't feel that when I play right now. I don't feel like I fit a role. Like when you play Overwatch, you feel like you're fitting a role. You're, right. You're, Offense, you're part, defense. Right. Exactly. You're part of a team, and if that, and you know, in a game like Overwatch, like if, if your team doesn't gel, if you don't have the right composition, if you don't have a tank, if you don't have a healer, like that's that's where the game crumbles, and that's but that's what makes it fun. Right. You know, you gotta you gotta have those roles, and I feel like Destiny doesn't have that right now and i think they need more of that um so i'd like to see more classes 60 frames per second dedicated servers uh, uh weekly content drops that are tailored towards pve i feel like that's what they need to make their game tailored towards i, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like multiplayer completely fits um i i, I just and, and i'm not saying that i just want pve just because i don't like multiplayer of course they're going to keep multiplayer of course they're going to have some you know things of that but I would like to see the PVE get a little bit more love with with content drops and things like that because I feel like 
uh, you know, that's that's what, you know, can keep the game going. Um, so that's that's just some of my thoughts. I think going forward for the rest of the year. Now, we've, we've talked about it before where we think it's going to get wiped, like the light, you're going to get resetted uh, and you're going to start again uh, in Destiny 2. But I feel like if they do that, they have to sort of explain themselves before they do that. You know what I mean? Like there's no DLC coming out before like a major DLC like Taken King or Rise of Iron before now and Destiny 2 that we know of. But there is a live team. And what I would like to see from Destiny, uh, from this Destiny, is sometime in like May or June, them do an update where it kind of gives us our fate. You know what I mean? Like what's happening uh, with the story in the storyline as far as maybe the, we we get in a big accident or something happens where we, we meet the cabal and we, we do a fight. But then it's like a sort of like be continued moment. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you can't just like end the game right now and go, oh, you, your light's being resetted and then start Destiny 2. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm hoping they do some sort of event, some sort of live uh, add-on. And I say live add-on not because... I mean, 95% of, the, of, of Bungie's working on Destiny 2, and that's what we want them to do, right? To make that the best game possible. But yep. I think the live team, I think, can do something um, really cool. It doesn't have to be big. It just needs to be a small little event that closes out the, the three years we've been playing Destiny. And I, think, I, I totally agree. I think they need to do something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the answer is, but I think they need to drop something. Maybe it's a two-week event, three-week event, and that kind of closes down the main, you know, story. I know people are like, "What story?" But the main story of Destiny that we've been playing for the last two and a half years, uh, going into three, and then when when Destiny two starts, it's like, boom, here you go. This is the continuation of what you just said three months ago. That's what I'm looking forward to for the rest of the year. Uh, some sort of really cool, unexpected live event that we don't know of um, that kind of like closes out the story, and then Destiny two. Everything that you guys said, I mean, it's on point. I don't need to say it again. Uh, that I'm looking for just more vast areas, right? Like sort of like Division where I can run from one hideout to the next hideout. So if we just put that in like Destiny terms, like here's one tower and I have to run across the Earth and there's another tower. And then if I go to Mars, there's a couple of different towers I can go to and there's mm-hmm. different P- uh, NPCs there. I can purchase different weapons and different things. That's what I'm looking forward to uh, in Destiny 2. Obviously, the 60 frames per second, stuff like that. And, and if it comes for P- if it comes to PC, there's going to be a toss-up, man. I mean, I, I think I might have to play it on PC. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely... There's there's no question I mean, for me. But I'm it, always, it, always, it always comes down to friends, though. Like, I, I, I buy a certain True. console because of friends, right? And a lot of my friends don't have PCs. So when it comes down to it, it's like, do I get Destiny on a PC and then lose the friendships that I've had for, like, 20 years uh, on yeah. consoles? So that's, that's going to be a little hard. The thing is, there, there's no way in hell that they're going to be able to cross that multiplayer. It's just not. It's not going to happen. E- even though, even though you got like you you know you got Windows, you got Microsoft with Xbox, and then you got Windows PC. Like sometimes you know, right. They still they still couldn't do anything there. They can't because you you can't <laughs> you can't compete you know against someone on a mouse and keyboard. You just can't. It's just not with, with a controller. It's just not going to work. It's, right. Th- th- there's a reason why. There's a reason why there's PC gaming and then console gaming, and it just you can't you can't mix and match there. The only the only reason you can do it with a game like Rocket League or something like that is because it just there's not that big of a discrepancy between right. if you use a controller. And to be honest, most of the people on PC use controllers, so it's like 
it doesn't it doesn't matter there. But when you're when you're thinking of competitive play where you're where you're pointing, you're aiming, you're shooting, things like that. I mean, it just you can't you can't mix and match. So echo I just echo in chat says, I hope and pray that it allows a cross save from PS4 to PC to Xbox, which I think that's another reason why it's going to get wiped. Echo, I think our light levels and everything is going to restart from the beginning when you play Destiny Two because if it comes out for PC, there's no way your save is going to come from yeah. Xbox to from PS4. They need to wipe the slate right. clean and then start start fresh. And I, I can, I mean, I, I can understand, uh, especially like people like Lono that pl they play the game hardcore. I can understand why they would be upset if they did it. You know, if they did a character wipe or if they did uh, something along that lines. But I just feel like for 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 the game. For the game to feel fresh, for the game to feel new, for for it to almost go in a different direction, if that's what they're doing, making it more of an of an MMO type game, I just feel like it's necessary at this point. I just, I honestly do. That's just my opinion. I feel like, I feel like starting fresh would would give you would give you a good eye opener to the game. It it would just be a new experience. Right. Um. And and regardless, like even if you can carry your characters over, I'm not. I'm starting fresh. I've already I've already made up my mind if that's if that's going to be an option. Um, so I just, I just feel like it'll, it'll be a really good experience that way. It's, I, no, I think it's needed. It's the only way to abandon a lot of the issues that we have now with subclasses and imbalances. And obviously, I mean, if PP, if PVP gets sequestered and really kind of shoved to the side, like some people are predicting, uh, me being one of those people, I, I, I don't think we'll have as many problems, but I still think it needs to happen. Just we 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 come back as ourselves, but we we don't have any of our stuff. And I'm a hundred percent okay with that because I think ultimately at the end of the day, after you play this new game for a couple hours, I don't think there's going to be a single person that's like, man, I really wish I had my uh, right. my okay. mag my <laughs> yeah. Mago loop. Right. I really want it. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, you're not. There's going to be so much to do and to see and go get that's going to be so much more important to you and I, and I said this to people right now in the rise of iron ethos that we exist in what are you using right now from the taken king are you using any of the stuff from that raid Zero. any of the guns any of the armor no you Zero. are basically no. a brand new character yes yeah. your subclasses came with you they're not that precious they're just subclasses right but none of your gear none of your guns you know now there might have been people that were using a mago loop back then that are using it now there's a couple of guns right. like that but right. for the most part there's nothing from the Taken King that you've really brought with you and that's been true every time a dlc comes out and i yep think when you go to a gear-based game that's natural and good and it's what keeps you playing it's part yeah. of the psychology of a looter shooter is that there's always something new and cooler to chase and uh so i'm totally okay with a reset yeah i was i was just gonna say every dlc or every update that comes out you whether you want to whether you want to see it or not, you become a new character right, right. then and there. Well, a lot of people you know, don't like, even remember, like, uh, when when um, uh, Dark Below came out, they did a reset for all the exotic weapons. So if you yeah. if you leveled up your Icebreaker, Galahorn, and all that stuff, they literally took it away from you and said, nope, start over. And you had to re-level all the guns again. Like, yeah. And I was pissed about that. I was pissed about it. And I was like, man, yeah. I just leveled it up. Now I got to do it again because I just got another icebreaker, and now I got to level that goddamn thing up again. And it's it's the same thing over and over. It's just a repeat cycle. So and every I'm cool every, with it. Every update, like every update right. that they come out with, like there, there's that there's that raised light level, right? I mean, how many times, like especially me and you, Mike, 
How many times have we said, well, there's no point playing Destiny right now. There's no point in getting on and, right. and, and raising my light level because in a week I can get on and, and, and get blues dropped for me yep. that are already higher than my light level. Right. So it's like right then and there, it's almost like you just created your character again. Yep. So I just, I think it's necessary. I think it would do the game good. Um, and and when I when I mean a character wipe, like I mean I mean everything. Like I mean like if they like you can't go into Destiny two, and if you get a, not like if they carry some of the exotics over, if they if they carry any of the weapons over, that's fine. But I mean a complete character wipe to where like you can't go to your blueprint if you have enough uh, well, you, exotic shards or legendary marks and get a gun right, that you right. had from. No, I mean everything. I mean a complete I'll tell you, character. I'll wipe. tell you how Everybody they do it. Fresh. Right, I'll tell you how they do it because I I said months and months ago that they were gonna make a new guardian right i said yeah. one of the fallen would become like a guardian right and you get to be a fallen character in guardian armor and stuff like that that going forward if if everyone bitched they're like well i want to keep my same character same character they put brand new characters in like different different races can you imagine mm -hmm. no one's gonna play no one's gonna play their warlock character or their hunter character they're yeah, all dude. gonna pick the fallen character they're all gonna pick yeah. who knows maybe one of the vex characters got reprogrammed and he wants to fight for the good side now or, or the yeah. bad side whatever you want to prefer uh and and then you can become a vex guy or you can become a fallen guy or you can become maybe a cabal guardian you know what i mean like who knows what races are out there that they're gonna they might put in the game you know who knows? Bife probably knows. Bife knows. Okay. <laughs> so, like, because he knows the lore. But there's there's going to be new Guardians, and that's the way they could do it, right? They just show you three new characters besides your Warlock, Hunter, and Titan, and you're going to look at them and go, you know what? I'm going to pick the Fallen guy. I'm going to start fresh. You know what I mean? And that's that's exactly how they get people to, to, to start a new character with brand new, yeah. brand new actual people. All right. So, we're done with Destiny. We're going to move on to, real quick, Nintendo Switch, Okay. Nintendo Switch is getting closer. We're at the end of the year here. It's supposed to come out in March. Okay. I'm asking you guys this because, Webski, you're going to start streaming more, right? And I know that two weeks ago when you were on the show, you said Nintendo Switch does not interest you personally to, to, to buy a game, right? So it's coming out as a streamer. Are you going to get this and put it in your repertoire, Lono? Are you going to get this, Webski, and, and, and start playing games? And I know playing games Nintendo-wise on YouTube is a no-no, right? Because they get yeah, yeah. canceled. But on Twitch, you can play Nintendo games, and just the VODs and stuff will will get you know no-no'd if you export them out to, to YouTube. But is this something you're looking forward to? Are you going to start getting a Switch and start streaming the games, Lono? I... I talked about this with some streamers uh, when I was on a trip recently, and I was I was wanting to see what everybody thought because I, I I don't know right now. I think we get ad revenue from our vods from our our old broadcast. Like if you go and watch my old broadcast, I'm pretty sure ads play because right. I remember before I had Twitch Prime and I would go watch vods of other streamers to see things that happen. Like I'd hear about something really funny or something, I'd go to watch it. I'd get ads. And so I'm assuming then that a partner streamer is getting revenue from that. Right. Okay. This becomes problematic if Nintendo games start to get a lot of traction, a lot of big viewership, and then Nintendo starts to say, "Hey, Twitch, we we want that ad revenue. We we that's the same thing they do to YouTube. If, if they can do it on YouTube, why can't they do it on Twitch?" Right. And nobody seemed to know how that was going to happen because I mean. Goth was like, well, I've streamed Nintendo games and nothing's ever happened to me. And I'm like, well, yeah, but Nintendo games are hardly ever prevalent on Twitch right now. Right. So if the Switch and the and the NES Classic start to bring those games back and big dog homies start streaming it, like if Lyric starts streaming all these Nintendo games, 
Nintendo's going to look at that, and they're very greedy, and they're very controlling. I don't think that's going to change. So if they don't have a change of heart, my concern as a content creator is not money investment. Not money investment. I'm never concerned about, like, oh, if I buy a system in a video game, oh, no, that's money down the drain. That's never my concern. My concern is time right. investment. I can't get that back. I can get money back and put it in the bank. I can it's a business expense. You know, it's not that big of a deal if I buy a game like Dishonored 2 and then stop playing it because I would didn't like it. That that doesn't sting as much as the time. And so right. if I invest all this time into Nintendo and Nintendo games, first of all, on Twitch. It may end up backfiring if Nintendo starts to do that nonsense. And then second of all, it really chops off one of my business's arms because I can't do any of it. I can't send it over right. to YouTube. To make I mean, more money off just, it, right? Just goofy highlights of me being an idiot in Watch Dogs 2 gets me, you know, a couple hundred, sometimes a couple thousand views because it's, it's funny. It gets traction. People are watching it. And that's... Not that much ad revenue. That's, right. that's that's minimal, but that's good for a guy like me who's primarily not focused on YouTube. Right. If you take the couple hundred dollars I might make in a month on YouTube and Nintendo starts chiseling at that, right. it kind of makes me say, I'm not going to throw my time down the toilet. Like, who's going to do that? And so if Nintendo doesn't start to play ball, I, I, I don't know how many people are going to really want to dive into that pool and waste their time. If you talk to any streamer, that's their currency is time. Right. Because we don't have enough time in the day to do all the things we want to do. And we stream as much as we possibly can. And it, some people get very unhealthy in how they stream. And there are people that have you know, gotten addicted to drugs and things because they wanted to stay up and just keep streaming. And, and nobody close to me, nobody in the Destiny directory, but I've, I, you know, there's obviously been you know, murmurings and other streamers and bad things that have happened. And if that's the, if that's the state of a streamer's life and Nintendo starts to act, you know, real douchey, right. then I, I think this, I, I, I can't see the switch getting a lot of Twitch momentum unless Nintendo reaches out to some really big dogs and brokers some really good deals, then they'll keep the directories high. But even that again, they don't need Nintendo. Lyric doesn't need Nintendo. Coke right. Carnage doesn't need Nintendo. They can stream anything and do whatever they want. So why would they throw away ad revenue? So you just, so basically you're you 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 don't have enough time to do it. So you're not going to throw your hat into the the switch circle yet. It, it, if if a game comes out that simply must be played, maybe because I grew up on Nintendo. Right. I hate that I'm saying this. I grew, I'm a gamer because of Nintendo. I get very passionate about this because I wouldn't be doing what I do every day, which I I absolutely love if it wasn't for Nintendo. And right. so there's a certain element of like bitterness and sadness about what they've done and how they behave. That's in that's why the Nintendo modern era. That's why Nintendo takes a percentage of it. Because they know that you're you're a fan of Nintendo and they're like, because of us you're a gamer, so we're gonna take a little bit of piece of, of that back. <laughs> they're it, taking they their, their part. But they don't understand they don't understand the world that we live in. They're too no, disconnected. If if PewDiePie could stream himself or make YouTubes of himself playing stupid, goofy Nintendo games. That's free advertising to 50 million subscribers. Right. And instead what you do is you basically kick him in the junk and tell him, no, you're going to give us 40% of the ad revenue. And you know what somebody his size says? Well, screw you then. Right. I'm not doing any Nintendo content. Yep. Yep. 
Even if he's dogging your game, even right. if he's like, this game is so bad, it's still so getting, silly, right. and he's making fun of it, it's still free advertising. Yeah, yeah there's like, no such thing as bad advertisement. Yeah, It's millions yeah. of views. It's 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 top-of-mind relevancy. Oh, my gosh, PewDiePie was playing some Mario game? Let's check it out. Like, top-of-mind relevancy in marketing is key in this business, and I, they don't get it. They're they're going to continue to drown in their own irrelevancy because they just don't understand the, the 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 era that they live in. So, so Paul, where do you where do you stand? I know you didn't like you said you're not getting it, but as a streamer going forward, you know, it's it. Let's say Zelda is super popular, right? And everyone wants everyone to play Zelda and see you play Zelda. Are you are you jumping into the Switch circle here? Well, someone someone in chat said it said it best. Nintendo Nintendo is awesome. The Switch isn't. So <laughs> I mean, I I kind of agree. Um, I grew I grew up on uh you know I grew up on Atari, Super Nintendo, things like that, and and. It hurts me to say it too, but one of the main reasons when I was really, really heavily into YouTube, um, which uh, you know was kind of kind of a, a couple couple years ago, um, they they were very strict when it came to Nintendo. Like like there were, I mean, YouTube is more strict than Twitch, obviously in general. I mean, the vods get you know the music or whatever, but on YouTube it was a whole different ballgame because if you the reason why I stayed away from it was because I wanted to protect my channel. That was my main concern because right. once you got strikes on your channel, like you were, you were done, you know, like all that hard work and, and you know, and then they, they'll take your channel down and I didn't want that to happen. So, and, and it goes and it kind of uh, compares with what Lono said, like when you have time, you know, it, like when you're, when you're putting in the hours to record uh, a walkthrough or when you're putting in the hours to record stuff um, and then you put in the hours to edit it, and get your thumbnails and get your descriptions and get your tags and all that stuff ready. You just don't have time to deal with disputing claims and copyright and stuff like that. And they they never decided to play ball. And I don't think they'll ever will. And if they ever do decide to play ball, it'll be on their terms and in their own way. Right. So you won't see it on things like YouTube. You won't see it on things like Twitch. They'll probably launch some their some own website. streaming. Hey, come come yeah. stream your own Nintendo games here. Right. You know, they'll have their own streaming like service. I guarantee exactly. it. Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo will have and, their own streaming service. And and you know it's just like with you know Steam and <laughs> Origin or you know like that type of thing, but they're just they don't want to conform you know they don't want to conform to the masses they don't want to um, you know go with what the trends are and and it, it's it's only hurting them because look at where Nintendo is you know like it's it's not it's not a big time competitor I don't I don't feel like in my eyes um, I grew up on Nintendo too so it hurts to say that I loved Nintendo games. I do mm -hmm. want to get the NES Classic. Um, I do want to get that eventually, uh, but the Switch, I'll you know, I'll pass. Oh, you're um, you're gonna get bored because... so fast with the Classic. I'm telling you, your brain, you so? yeah, your brain's just gonna look at that side scroller and be like, I can't, I just can't well, do it's it. Either that or I, <laughs> it's either that or I get a uh, what is it, the emulator that you can get on PC. Yeah, you can play um, it right now on the PC. Play it yeah. and see if you like it there, and then if you do, then get the Classic. But I mean, well, I know I it's only sixty get, bucks. I, I know it's only sixty I, bucks. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I wanted to have it just for the nostalgia right you're a collector mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah you and, want the nintendo classic like i want the icebreaker you're just collecting stuff yeah you just you just <laughs> want to collect it you just <laughs> you want to have it you want to have it to collect dust you know that's just the way it is nowadays but you know that's that's just kind of how i feel i feel like nintendo has never really played ball with with content creators um and well and know, that's the just, thing to consider though yeah. they have all these relationships with third-party 
companies now. Yeah. So why would I get the Switch? Destiny for for the Nintendo Switch. Destiny. But it, but if it's on PC, <laughs> Xbox One, and PS4, unless the Switch can do something that my system can't, the only reason to get a Switch is for the first party titles or the cool mobile. Like if that's a really big selling point for if you really like mobile gaming and want to take it with you. But then it, therein lies the problem for the streamers and the content creators. Right. Why am yeah. I going to get your console if the only real titles that are super interesting to me that I can't get on everything else I already have are your first-party titles that you're going to strike if I make content? Right. Exactly. And it was more it was more of just me and a lot of people just protecting, protecting our channels. We didn't want to – going through – like especially back in the day. I mean it's really messed up now. But back in the day it was really messed up if you had – a, a content claim like you you could you could scroll down your videos from from five months ago and someone could have a claim on it and just randomly happens and, and disputing it and all that was just it it's was pain. a mess and, yeah, then, pain. and then you get into the you get into the problem where it's like you know if you get well if you get this many if you get this many strikes we'll take your channel down and, and no one wants to have all their hard work taken away from them like that you know so all right going uh to the next story uh at e3 this past year they they did a, a trailer for State of Decay 2, right? And I love State of Decay. And State of Decay, to me, I don't know if you guys played it, okay? To me, it was one of the best zombie games out there. And the only thing it was missing was, like, co-op or yep. multiplayer-type co-op. And now D State of Decay 2, they showed it, and they're like, hey, it's, it looks like it's supposed to be four-player co-op. We don't know anything of it yet. They just showed us a trailer, and we, we're assuming. Um... That was at E3 last year, last June. They said, hey, State of Decay 2. Now, a tweet three days ago, they said, hey, uh, do you guys want State of Decay 2? Well, stay tuned, because we're going to tell you the announcement at E3. And, you're, and I'm like, wait a minute. So you showed us the trailer at E3 last year. Now you just sent a tweet out saying, we're going to tell you the release date in June of E3 this year. So now that means the game's not coming out till what, October, November, maybe not until... Maybe early 2018. So my question to you guys is: Is this stupid? Is this is this something that companies should stop doing? Be giving us this false like hope. Like Fallout did it right, man. They were at E3 and said you're going to play Fallout 4 in three months. Boom, yeah. slam dunk. Right. That's the way it should be done. The way this is happening right now, I don't. I'm pissed off because I'm a big State of Decay fan, and now who knows? We could get it three days after E3, but then again, we, we could get it sometime in 2018. So what do you guys think about this? Do you think companies should stop doing this? Uh, Paul, go first. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you said, it's false hope. I mean, State of Decay, I did play it, um, but like you said, I mean, the biggest thing for me that was missing was co-op. I, I, I took that game and I envisioned it, and I was like, this would be so much cooler with my friends. Like, this game is awesome. It would be so much cooler. Um, so that was the big thing for me. But yeah, I mean, you can't, you gotta you gotta surprise people man i mean i I get marketing you know you ha you have to hype people up you have to do whatever and i i think i think bungie does it right whether people want to admit it or not you know with the simple leaks or the simple whatever but you can't like you you can't you can't string people along i guess is is what is what i'm trying to say right you gotta come out with a bang you gotta get people excited uh you, you gotta you gotta announce things that are gonna surprise people not not like not delay people's interests um, that's why, you know, another big reason why I think that um, all these like early access and, and alpha games and beta games, um, it's it's I feel like it just hurts them a little bit more than it helps them because, yeah, you get to play it, you get a taste of the game, 
But then they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have this finished in like three years from now. So right, it's just like right. by that time, you're just like, well, what was this game mm-hmm. again? You know, like I don't really, you know, so I, like you said, Fallout did it right. Like they everybody, they knew a bit about Fallout. They were talking about it, what might be expected, whatever. And then they come out and they're like, boom, three months, you're playing this shit. And then people were like, holy crap, like you saw the reception that that got. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you need to tell people. You need to inform people about your game. You got to keep them in the loop to keep them interested. But when, but when it comes to the release date, when it comes to people actually getting their hands on it, you can't, you can't play with people there. I feel like you gotta, you gotta announce that, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a, a big hype train leading up to it, um, not, you know, something where you keep it in the dark, and then the, people are just gonna forget about you. Right. So. Right. Lono. I think there's three ways to approach this, and I think there's two ways that work really well, and there's one that just does not and has been shown to not work very well. And I, I think there's the surprise, which is what Fallout did. So there's mm-hmm. that method. Surprise people, like, out of nowhere. I think there's the tease. You, uh, Red Dead Redemption would probably fall into that category. They did the little goofy things on Twitter, the pictures. Everyone lost their freaking mind. And then they have a trailer that doesn't really show you anything. Right. It's kind of a teaser. Okay, cool. And then we just sort of wait. I think those two methods work because there's mystery, there's intrigue, and then – and you're like, you know it's out on the horizon, and then that's kind of it. You're like, okay, we're waiting. I think the third method, which I'll probably call hype train because they just want to ride this locomotive, like just keep – you know, keep the gas in the tank, keep getting people excited, and it's this really long season of hype. I don't think that works anymore. I think it worked when you could get everybody hyped up over a year or more, and then they the game comes out and it's really disappointing and not what everybody thought it was going to be. Right. Um. I, I think you could get away with that. When Twitch and YouTube weren't around and when there weren't, you know, such readily available ways to have critiques and criticism and live response to the games, Ubisoft as a company, I think, is one of the best examples of this because they did this with the division and it really hurt the division. They're doing it now. They're doing it now with uh, with Ghost Recon Wildlands. We're going through the same thing where slowly but surely, as this hype train locomotive is running out of steam, we're seeing, well, wait a minute, the, the gameplays look downgraded. It doesn't look as pretty as it did when mm-hmm. we first saw it. And there's two things that work against a game when you do this. There's the inevitable broken promises where I, development... I hate that, yeah. Development is of a necessity changing and agile. So what you promised a year ago isn't in the game or isn't in the game that you hoped it would be in the way that you conceived of it because the realities of development just change. I think a lot of that's what happened to No Man's Sky. Like, you can't promote a game for three years. It's going to change and evolve along the way. And I think the other thing that happens is that if you delay the game and you keep pushing it back to perfect it, there's this passive hype that we've talked about before where everyone's like, well, you keep making us wait, so this game's going to be freaking perfect and it's going to blow our minds. And then it's not. Probably not. (laughs) And so out of the three ways of doing it, whether you do the surprise like Fallout 4 or the tease, which is what I believe Red Dead Redemption 2 is doing, or the hype train. I think hype train. More and more and more companies are going to move away from it, especially after what happened to No Man's Sky and what happened to the division, and what I believe is happening to Ghost Recon Wildlands. 
I don't think you can keep you can't do that. And somebody in chat saying that's what happened to Last Guardian. The Last Guardian got delayed into that's oblivion. Ten and years, yeah. ten years. Yeah, of fucking <laughs> and out. the reception the reception of that game is very split. Look at how. And let's be honest. Look at how poorly Fallout Four actually ran. It didn't run that great. That's what Bethesda's is known out. for. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Right. But everyone was super forgiving because it was like we were like it's fun. Right. Four, right. Because you could play this, it. Right. You could play it. There wasn't this long drawn out season. Yeah. They didn't, of, like, they didn't string waiting. you along. Yeah. yeah. They didn't string you along. So you were yeah. far more forgiving of those problems. If you wait three years for Fallout Four with. Oh, look at the graphics. Oh, look at that teaser. Look at that trailer. Look at the gameplay. And then it finally shows up and it's dropping into one frames per second like it was doing for some people. You would be furious. Right. And so I don't think you can hype train it anymore. You got to surprise us or tease us. Other than that, leave us alone. Don't get us riled up because you're going to – we are going to become your own worst enemy if you do it. Yeah. Not me. I'm not going to, like, go out on – but I'm saying gamers. Like, you don't – I don't – don't do it. It doesn't work. I think what they do now, I think E3 is basically just for investors. I really think they just show it so the stocks change for those companies. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, I, I don't think they do it for any other reason because it's just false hope. I'm, I'm this, this little tweet that's sent out, I, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to watch E3 anymore. Like, because they show me all these games and there's really no point. I can just go on Twitter after E3 and go, oh, yeah, I'll look at that. Or go to YouTube and watch all the game trailers and stuff like that. There's no point for me to sit there and watch this and go, oh, man, here it comes. And then, oh, great, I'll see that in 2020. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. can you imagine if they did that to movies? Like, can you imagine oh, sitting in a movie theater and seeing a trailer for a movie that doesn't come out for, like, four, three, four years? I mean, they don't do that you, yet. You forget they, about it, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's the it's the it's the same thing like they do with the like I was saying, like with the alphas, with the early access. You, you forget about it. You you seriously do. And then and then like you know, two or three years down the road, you see a trailer and you're like, oh yeah, I remember. You know, I remember I remember I played that. You know, a long long time ago. You know, and then it, it and, and like Lono says, things change. Like it might not look the same. It might not it, you might not play the same. It might right. not be the same gameplay that you remember. And I think an important thing that people tend to forget. Is that hype? Hype like the hype train. Hype can still build after a game is released. Yep. Like and that's and if you if you really think about it, that's the best type of hype because that means that a your game is a success and b it's it's like it's going crazy. Like I feel like Overwatch did that and even with Fallout, like we were forgiving of of the of the stability issues, but still like when the game came out, people were like they were like holy crap, it's Fallout, you know like. So I feel like that's the thing that's overlooked as well is I feel like they try to hype it up, they hype it up, they hype it up, they hype it up, they string you along. And then when they release it and it's not what you expected because you're here, you plummet to here. I feel like if they hype you up, hype you up, hype you up a little bit, then they release it and you start to see, wow, this is awesome, this is amazing. Right. Then you're up here and it just continues to grow because you enjoy the game naturally. Right. So I feel like that's you know look, that's something it, to look at if too. It, if it takes three years or five years to make a game, don't don't show me until that game is almost ready to go gold. Do you know what I'm exactly. saying? Like exactly. show me show me something when you're like you're done with the game. Like for instance, one of the some of the best games that come out were like unannounced and didn't know. Like when um Left 4 Dead came out, okay? The original one, all of a sudden it just it popped up on the Xbox store back in the day and you're like, "Whoa, what is this?" It was like an alpha for it. Real quick, it was just just a hospital board, and it was just the first section of it. And you're like, "What is this?" It was like 2 weeks before it actually launched. There was no big hoopla. There was no Twitter back then to to you know the hype it up. It was just like right after Twitter came out in like 2006. I believe the game came out in like 2000. 
2004, I think, or 2005, if I'm not mistaken. You know what I mean? Like, it just came out. And then it's one of the best games that anyone's ever played back then. Now they do all this hoopla and stuff like that. And I know it takes... Okay, I have friends that are in the game development industry and stuff. I know it takes a long time. I say it all the time. It takes a long time to develop a game. But don't tease a game if it's not coming out anytime soon because that just, I think, it aggravated me, right? Because you're really hoping for something, and then, you know, a year and a half later, you still have to wait for it. So it just gets the hopes up. All right, so we got two more two more left. we got 10 minutes left, so it'll be real fast, okay? What is your favorite game of 2016, Lono? Oh my god! Um, you played a lot of them. I played so many. I mean, the reason this is this is a difficult one for me to answer. I'm gonna pick the one that I feel like was the most well-rounded and offered the most because I know, like Titanfall two and Doom are up there and they're competing. But I believe that Uncharted four offered the most well-rounded game. I believe it deserved Game of the Year. I really do. As far as the from everything to the narrative, how they pace the story, the voice acting, how they captured their faces, uh, the environments were beautiful. The only mark against the game is that it couldn't it couldn't hit a a a, a, a constant sixty frames per second because the environments were so big and so well designed. Um, I to me. It offers everything. And, and then the multiplayer, it's not really a multiplayer game. And the multiplayer, I didn't really like. But apparently people really like the multiplayer. It's, you know, it, it appeals to a certain, uh, you know, section of the gaming world that they really appreciated. And apparently it was really well designed and people were having fun with it. I didn't like it. I thought it was silly. Right. But uh, people really liked it. As far as, get, you know, getting my money's worth out of the game... Uh, it was phenomenal, and it made me feel a little sad that I hadn't played the others because the way they ended it, no, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the way they end it, I believe, is so much more satisfying and cool feeling for somebody who has played through the entire game, just like so, just drenched with nostalgia. Very well done, very cool, not cheesy, very, very smart and charming, and... Doom and Titanfall 2 are up there. Their campaigns were wonderful, but they weren't well-rounded enough. Doom's was close, though, but Doom's multiplayer was was really bad. Um, so Titanfall 2 would probably even beat Doom just because it was more well-rounded with respect to having great campaign and great multiplayer. So many good games this year uh, that, that came out, but I, I would I would give it to Uncharted 4. Webski? Um, Overwatch, hands down, I would say uh, is my favorite. Um, mainly because I just think it's it's not it's not a hard concept, but it was just done so right. Um, I know that uh, it's it's I just feel like there, there's a reason why it went towards the top of Twitch, and there's a reason why it's still there, and I right. think it's going to be there for a while. Um, I think uh, the uh, the gameplay is just so amazing. Uh, I, I feel like people love having that identity with, with the characters that they play with and the role that they fit in when they're playing the game. And Overwatch offers that all the time. And I feel like as they update the game with Christmas and holiday or new characters or new meta, uh, I think the game will be around for a while. Right. Um, like I said, it's really not it's really not the hardest concept of a game. It's really not. And it's it's very it's very simple, but it was just beautifully done. And for that to be uh Blizzard's first a shooter. Yeah, first attempt I, I on just, a shooter. Yeah, I just think that that's absolutely incredible. So uh, I still play it today. Um, I would I would have to go Overwatch. 
Mine, mine is weird because I, I would say Uncharted Four, but I didn't play Uncharted Four. I watched someone play it from beginning to end, like I played it, but I didn't play it. Um, so I can't say Uncharted Four because I didn't buy it. I didn't play it. Of the games I bought this year, um, I have to agree with Webski. My favorite game of 2016 is Overwatch. Now, other games like Division weren't too good at the very beginning. Now, Survival is really good, but survival is part of a game not the actual game itself right so mm-hmm. um and then uh, battlefield one was really close second for me because i really love just the and and it's funny because they're both multiplayer games right overwatch and battlefield one it's not for the whole story the story was great in my opinion uh for battlefield one i really liked it but overwatch just is so much fun and i know people that are in my chat all the time that they don't see me play it enough but i'm level 91 so i played it enough you know what i mean i have like 50 60 hours into the game um i like it i mean it's just so well rounded like you said earlier you feel like you're you belong because you can play a certain character and you feel like you're pulling your weight in that game um mm-hmm. what they did make a mistake in overwatch and it's a good mistake when they came out for the halloween update for uh junk junk rats um uh, was it uh, Junkenstein's uh, like s- PVE content yeah, was four yeah. player? That was some of the best like content that they've ever seen for a game like that. And I was just like blown away. And I was like, I would love to see them try to make a story based game off the Overwatch characters. And th- because they did that, I was like, I was like, man, you did a a bad thing here, Blizzard, because now people are expecting yep. a lot from you with this because it looks and, so good. And think think about that too. Like think about how easily Blizzard could turn that game yeah. into into some PVE with, yeah. with just the way the classes are, the set, the characters. God, the I, I would love if they just yeah. made that into an animated series on on a, on the television or Netflix or something. Yeah. It, it's just oh, yeah. absolutely amazing. So yeah. there's a lot of games that came out this year, and obviously both those uh, games that I named are probably not in anyone's list for for top game of the year, but. Those are the games I purchased and played this year. Um, so I know Final Fantasy 15. I didn't play it, so I can't say it's the best game of the year because I have no no experience on it. Un- otherwise, Uncharted 4 would be, but I didn't play it. You know what I mean? So, And I played a lot of games that were out last year that, in my head, came out this year, but they really didn't. They came out in 2015, not 2016. So, yeah, so that's good. All right, so one quick more one question. What is the number one game besides Destiny 2? Because we all know we're excited about Destiny 2. Okay, even though maybe that's maybe for another show, maybe Destiny 2 won't even come out next year. Could be, I don't know. Um, but what is your game that you're looking forward to the most in 2017? Uh, Webski, you start. Uh, Last of Us uh, Part 2. Um, that's what I'm... That's is that guaranteed coming out in 2017? I'm, I'm just praying it is. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. <laughs> I don't know. They um, just showed it, so that means it's probably not coming out to 2018. Yeah, um... I, I I mean I hope so man. I just that game is just I've never played a such a beautifully crafted single player game like that is just my favorite hands down. Um if it doesn't I will I'll give one more just for whatever. If it doesn't I think God of, God of War was confirmed, right? For yes. 2017. Yes. Yes. That that would be my next. Okay. Um again just another beautifully crafted game. Um Sony exclusives are just amazing when it comes to single player. Um so I would I would say those absolutely. Lono, what's the game that you're looking forward to the most? Horizon Zero Dawn. I've uh, been ever I since I saw the trailer. I I love action adventure games. Tomb Raider, uh, both the first and second are 
beautiful, well-designed, fantastic games. I am still angry at Microsoft for paying for third-party exclusive. Uh, they took one of the best games that has launched on this landscape and they chopped its legs off, which is stupid and it's very upsetting. And so my enjoyment of games like that is so high. And so Horizon Zero Dawn looks like it's going to scratch a lot of those itches because apparently everything we're hearing, it's got a lot of RPG elements in it as well. Uh, and then everybody that got to play it, you know, when they went to, I forget where they were at, a PAX or something. And Cheriona and everybody was like <laughs> tweeting. They're like, Horizon Zero Dawn is going to blow people away. And I was getting so annoyed. I was like, shut up. Stop tweeting mm -hmm. about it. You guys get to play it. But it looks phenomenal. And I think that beyond the graphics and the action adventure elements of it and just the cool, getting to do cool things like fighting like right. robotic dinosaurs. Right. The yeah. lore and the story is so intriguing. You, you're. I think you're gonna want to play to see what happens. Now, it's gonna hurt me on Twitch probably because nobody's gonna want spoilers for this game. Right. It's gonna be really neat to finally figure out. I have my own theories, right? I'm gonna theorize the whole time I'm playing, um, but I can't wait. I'm hoping they do a PS4 Pro Horizon combo because then I'll, I'll, I'll pull the trigger on updating my PS4 at that point. But man, oh man, that game looks good. And I don't know. Red Dead Redemption and Spider-Man are on my radar as being really anticipated. I don't know if Spider-Man's launching next year, I though. I think it is right with, along with the, the movie that comes out. Oh, dope. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. That Homecoming movie looks so amazing. I can't it believe does. they rebooted Spider-Man again, and I'm like... They have actually, to. They have I'm to, thrilled. to keep the license. They have to, they they have have to. to. Yeah. yeah. They really did. So he did such a great job in Civil War. If you haven't seen Civil War, see it, because he's amazing. Yeah. But somebody in chat said Borderlands 3? No. It ain't coming out until 2018. Sorry, homie. <laughs> Um, mine, the game that I'm looking forward to the most, God, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. I can't have two. I'm going to have to bite the bullet here. It's either Red Dead Redemption or Mass Effect Andromeda, and I'm going to go with Mass Effect Andromeda. I mean, I loved the Mass Effect series so much, and I know this just reboots, not reboots, but restarts a whole new uh, character and world, and the way they're describing it. Uh, I know it, I shouldn't listen to them, but the way they're describing it, it just seems so amazing and awesome in my head. Uh, and my head does a lot of things, to, you know, to make that game even better looking and sounds amazing. So I, I don't want to be disappointed, but that game looks absolutely amazing to me. Uh, but if it does fall short and it doesn't hit to my, my expectations, Red Dead Redemption 2 is right there, supposedly coming out. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to both those games. But Mass Effect, man, it's just... Looks so good. Uh, Mass Effect tweeted four hours ago they're gonna um, show more environments and gameplay at the Nvidia uh, CES keynote yeah, on so January the fourth. Yeah. The gameplay blew my mind. Yeah, it, uh, it, I agree with you. It, that's it, on. That's it, on the top two. It's so another, another so good. Game, another game that I just wish. You don't get another wish. You don't get another. No, go ahead. Go another ahead. game. Another game that I just wish was co-op. At least just two player. Oh, I just, I know. Oh god, it would be so amazing. There's but. so many games that it just, if they just, if Skyrim was co-op, it would be like one of the best yeah, games like of Skyrim. all time. Can you know you what I mean? Imagine? Like, can you imagine? You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be multiplayer. Just Skyrim two player buddy. You know, can come yeah. into the world. It'd be amazing. Uh, drop in, drop out, co-op, something like that. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right. So that's the end of the show. But before you guys take off, uh, Lono, tell them where they can find you. Tell them all the places and all the things. Yeah, if you're on Twitter or Twitch, YouTube or Facebook, any of those places, just look up Say No to Rage. The two best places to find me are obviously Twitch and Twitter, streaming every single day. 
Uh, that's the best place to find me. Webski. Uh, everything, everything for mine is the same. So same, same name, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, everything, uh, same username. Um, so it's pretty, pretty easy to find. And you can find me right here, 30 and still gaming. I stream seven days a week. We do two podcasts. I'm on a podcast on St. Rage's channel called the Rage's round table. Make sure you check that out at 8 30 PM Eastern on Mondays. This Monday, we're back on correct for the new year. We are back on celebrating the podcast uh, running for one year, one celebrating year. that. And Crazy. the spazzy prof will be joining us. Sweet. She's, nice. That was very close to her one-year anniversary of being on the show, and we're going to try the new format. Really excited about it. Sweet. So, guys, check that out. Make sure you uh, you hit us up on Monday on Sano to Rage's channel. I'll also be hosting on all our channels, uh, Guardian Outpost, Webski, and ourselves, uh, myself. Um Generation X Gaming, just to remind you, is a weekly podcast. It goes over a few top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. We're here every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. I appreciate everyone coming out. Uh, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at gen underscore x underscore gaming, and you can watch us live every single week on Twitch uh, and also Facebook Live, but we weren't live this week. Uh, and you can watch past episodes on YouTube, and you can also find us on iTunes. Appreciate everyone coming out. You guys have a good one. See you later. Adios. two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.